Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Coogan Nation. Time to rise and shine and start your day with Duval Sports Media Big Steppers. Dan Hickett. You know it! Jeff Prosser. It's a big deal. Gosh, it sure is a big deal. And E to the T. E.T. is in the booth. <laughs> rise and shine, Googans. Go time on a Tuesday morning. It's a Catlin Truck Accessories Tuesday. Is it too excited? Is it too early, rather, to already get excited about Monday Night Football? Man, no. Man, what a week we're going to have around these parts. It'll start with the J-Fun Radiothon tomorrow. Uh, big, big day plan there. Be, uh, be sure to follow us on the social media. I know they're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And we're really going to let give you a glimpse into where your money's going. And I know you hear the interviews on the air with us. And, um, you know, we'll get started tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And so many of you respond. And you'll get to see and hear and live it just uh, a little bit more uh, with with uh, a lot of the social media efforts that are going to be going on in the background. I mean, we got the whole thing set up here. TV studios, green rooms, red carpets, and and a day uh, really that we all come together. So looking forward to that. I got a big week overall. I go up and help with the Dailies Foundation event. They raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for Nemours every year. So I'll be doing that. I'll be actually be off on Thursday. Can I just give a little little humble grumble? Talk to me. I got a little humble grumble, right? I mean, the, the weather has been – look, I, I love uh, the, the, the flash of winter when it comes. You know, I'm Mr. Fireplace. I can dig getting some fall and winter feel to the holidays. But I'm allowed to be just a little bit bitter, and I know it's for charity. I know it's for a good cause. And he who complains about having to play golf is uh, – yeah, doesn't get a lot of sympathy, all right? But why does the first time I play golf in a while, which will be Thursday morning at 7.30, why is it going to be 38 degrees? <laughs> why do I catch the coldest morning of, it'll be the coldest morning of the year? Uh, why? Why'd that have to happen? Why couldn't it be the, uh, look, all around, it's been, you know, in the morning, you know, 55 degrees, that's cool. It's cool enough, right? Uh, anywho, I digress. We'll have the, the J-Fund tomorrow. We're all counting down to next Monday night in the football as well. Um, as the big stage arrives uh, the Bengals shorthanded. Doug Peterson's already thinking about Monday Night Football. He knows what a big deal it is. Um, he's coached on the biggest stages. He's won a Super Bowl. But even Coach Peterson will get fired up about next week's primetime platform. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's obviously exciting. Uh, it's great for our organization and franchise, for our players to be on you know the, the national spotlight on a Monday night. And and uh, fortunate to have a home game in front of our fans. And, um, you know, it's always a, it's always an electric moment. Um, you know, it's very exciting uh, to be a part of these games. So there is uh, Doug Peterson. You're going to hear a lot more from him this hour as uh, they digest a big, big win on the road. And now business to take care of these next two weeks against teams with backup quarterbacks. You have to take advantage, right? But some years it's you that's beat up personnel-wise, and you have to adjust around it. If the Jaguars lost Trevor Lawrence, guess where we'd be? No bueno. (laughs) We'd be the Bengals or uh, probably not quite the Browns. Nonetheless, that Browns defense is for real. You know what else is for real? This Jaguars defense, I read an interesting column yesterday, and it was just projecting the odds of being the top seed in the AFC, and they've basically narrowed the field down to four now. It's the Ravens, it's the Chiefs, it's the Dolphins, it's the Jags. The Chiefs with the best shot, and it's like 30% chance, and the Jags with the lowest, and it's like 15. They're all pretty, pretty bunched. 
but and, and I'm going to revisit that for you uh, coming up next segment. But really pointing out, we're 11 games in. All right, we're not riding a two-game start or a hot streak or you drop in one great defensive game and it can bring your average down. No, we, this is 11 this is 11 games now where some of our guys are getting their due. Josh Allen is a potential defensive player of the year. I'm hearing words like all-pro being thrown around Foyer Aluakin, finally. Yeah. Right? So there are some real uh, pieces in play on that defense in the way. Think about what they have done as well, right? We still haven't really seen Devon Hamilton get back. He came back off IR, has given it a go. There's obviously something still slowing him. We know Devon Hamilton is a good player, and he's just not there yet. That's the way I would uh, describe it, right? Cisco has missed time. Tyson Campbell has now missed more than he's played, it seems. And they've adjusted. You know, give, give, uh, you know, give them credit. It doesn't always mean super low yardage totals. You know, the Texans threw for 300. They had a 100-yard receiver, another that almost got there. But yet still, Monteric Brown didn't kill you, did he? He didn't kill you. He won the game. And and so it's interesting some of these numbers just uh, stark right in front of you. And I'll share some of that uh, interest. Coming up next uh, segment, also you'll hear more from... Doug Peterson. It'll be an interesting morning uh, tomorrow. The playoff rankings will come out. I would assume that FSU moves up to number four. You know, it, it would be patently unfair to keep Ohio State ahead of any of the unbeatens. Listen, you can play the schedule game uh, around the horn, man. I mean, you can. You can find all kinds of different... As long as two teams haven't played each other, depending on which side you're arguing for, you can use the schedule parameters to your benefit like FSU's you know one of their two big wins as it turns out it's not their fault Florida's down it's not their fault Miami refuses to be a big boy they they opened the season against LSU at the time LSU was top five team weren't they certainly top 10 spanked them went to Clemson a tough, tough rivalry game on the road, won the football game, and then Clemson stumbles a little bit. And by the way, they've, they've rallied into the top 25. But yet, oh, well, that's not that impressive a win, they say. Ohio State won at Notre Dame, they say. Yet, somebody want to tell me how Notre Dame did when they went to Clemson. You know, since that's such an easy place to win and all, had Notre Dame do at Clemson? Checks notes. Oh, yeah, they got, they got their... their Helmets handed to him. That's how it went. So, can't argue it both ways. And I'm not sitting here saying there's any Ohio State fan arguing they should be in the Final Four. If they are, just, you know, cover your ears. Blah, 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 blah. Don't even listen. So, I would suspect that there is absolutely no chance at all that FSU doesn't jump right away, even after the hand ringing a week ago, right into the top four. Now, there's this dicey issue that we can all play with each other. It's getting the honesty tree. Based on what you saw the other night in Gainesville, based on the fact that you are missing your most dynamic player, your MVP, do we think FSU is still a top four team? I thought they were with, with Jordan Travis. I would, I would have argued for FSU. I, I, I've been consistent in that. I don't think FSU is a top four team without Jordan Travis. I think they're a very good team. I think they can beat top four teams on the right in the right spot. 
I don't think they're a top four team. Yet at the same time, I would argue you're darn right you put them in. It's not fair to the other 21. What, they don't count? If you were leaving FSU out, and again, I can't imagine a scenario if FSU wins against Louisville, finishes undefeated, uh, that they don't gain entry. The real fun comes if, say, Alabama beats Georgia and Oregon beats Washington. Texas wins. Yeah, y'all have fun with that one. There's five one losses. Leaves you with just two undefeateds. Washington, it, no, well, Washington's not undefeated. Leaves you with Michigan and FSU, say. Uh, have fun telling me which of those five. I, I, get, I mean, is there a scenario where Georgia doesn't make the four? What if Washington, FSU, Michigan all win and Alabama beats Georgia? Now who's going? You're going to tell Alabama who just won the, the SEC championship and beat Georgia? No, that, that's in, in, implausible. You're going to tell Georgia that's won a zillion games in a row, beating all comers that they slip up once in a, in a conference championship game and, and they're not among the best four in the country? That doesn't seem plausible either. You're going to tell FSU just ran undefeated in, in the ACC, overcoming any obstacle in front of them, whether it was uh, opponents or injury? That doesn't seem right. Georgia really holds the key. How does that Alabama-Georgia game play out this weekend? It really holds the key. Dude, look, last year, Michigan beat Ohio State. Ohio State didn't even go to their conference championship game. They got in. Now, look, each year's different because it depends on what is around you, how other teams have performed. You know, the fact that TCU got in with one loss and without winning their conference championship a year ago sets a bit of a precedent. We had two teams last year in the four that didn't win their conference. Yeah, Alabama beats Georgia. I, 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 don't you feel like Georgia ET if Alabama beats Georgia? 24-20. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel like Georgia still gets in the four, deserves yeah, to be in the four? Absolutely. Yeah. You can't leave Alabama out, can you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and, and then, by the way, if you do all that, Texas is like, uh, excuse me? Um, we went into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. Hello? Assuming they win the Big 12 in their conference championship game this weekend. So, final playoff rankings until the ones that matter on Sunday and then Monday is the real uh, fallout. Almost glad we don't have Jags on Sunday because that's certainly going to be a talker with the potential of not one, but two teams with pretty strong local rooting interest, Georgia and FSU part of that field. So I say all that because we've got the Doring Report today. A, uh, a synopsis on Florida football, where it stands after another losing season and, you know, maybe more relevantly, a peek at these conference championship games, particularly Georgia, Alabama and all the uh, inside intel that, Doring has in those SEC Network studios every weekend. So uh, we'll do a little bit of that. We had Monday Night Football last night. The uh, Josh Dobbs chariot has turned back into a pumpkin, I see. Might, might want to put that aerospace engineering uh, to work now and get yourself a new whip. <laughs> Three interceptions at home last night. And, you know, after a magical start, joining the team and bailing them out for the first couple of weeks, Dobbs and the Vikes have lost a couple in a row. Amazingly, six and six. Vikings still in the playoffs if they started today. Playoffs are a are are a are a mad dash, man. We are secluded from that, right? Our Jags sitting pretty at eight and three. So pretty, essentially a two and a half game lead over the uh, challenging, sometimes charging Texans. But. Down at the bottom of the AFC, there are a ton of teams that are just within a game of each other. At the bottom of the NFC, I mean, they're 4-7. and seven. You're not out of it. 
And last night, it showed you. Bears don't score a touchdown. (laughs) Doesn't matter. They win 12-10. Three Josh Dobbs uh, interceptions in that game. And and really, it was, you know, DJ Moore, not much else as far as the Bears offense. You know what we saw last night? You saw it on the final drive. I don't know if you've seen the highlights. Odds are you weren't up that late, you six o'clockers. Listen, we know the deal. We've got to get this town going in the morning. It's cold out there today, by the way. Put that little ski cap on. Um, so I'm watching the Bears last night, and we have, we, you know, uh, uh, Justin Fields, his future, his talent level has been debatable, right? I mean, it, it, he's kind of a... You 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 still read and see and hear speculation of would the Bears trade him for the number one pick and try over with Caleb Williams or, or another quarterback, right? But I noticed something on that final drive, but mo- most uh, explicitly on the final play, a, a driving pass downfield 30 yards to, to D.J. Moore that set up the winning field goal, and that was this. Justin Fields went back to pass, stood there, hopped on his feet a couple of times, you know, stocked and delivered. Sound familiar? Amazing how much these quarterbacks' talent will ebb and flow with the protection they are provided to, to complete. Why don't the Jags throw downfield? Well, because on average, they're getting to Trevor in 2.4 seconds. One, two, now they're there. Huh? Think about that. Trevor's in the shotgun. One, two, now they're there. You want him throwing 40 yards downfield? Right? Uh, but anyway, point back to Fields and the Bears. They get the win on the road. Man, Chicago kicking themselves. I'm sure they had Detroit beat. And if, and, and Detroit in turn loses to Green Bay. Imagine if Detroit had lost to, to Chicago. They'd be 5-7 and seven and, the, and the Lions would be more like what? 7-5? and five? We'd have a fight going on. And, and you know, we talk about the chaos of, of the playoff rankings, and we should. There's also the, the the chaos at the bottom of these playoff chases in the NFL, and it's going to be fun to watch them down the stretch as well. So there you go. Table is set for you. Uh, looking forward to our Tuesday favorites. Um, I'll tell you who is uh, probably pretty fired up right now. There's a cat out at Ponderidra. Big offensive lineman, was a big recruit. He ended up signing with Michigan. And Jake Wanera will join us as the high school uh, spotlight today. Brought to you by Lockett Law and... Well, lo and behold, look at Michigan in the news all year. And now, bound for that Final Four, you would think. Just, just, although you never know, man. Iowa gives up like negative three points a game. <laughs> Those Jokers are playing some weird 1930s football out there on the plains. But it's just not as held, it's not held up against the Michigan and Ohio States in these Big Ten title games. It just hasn't. The Purdue's and Northwesterns and Iowa's who go rolling in there have just gotten slapped around for the most part. Wisconsin will hang. Send Wisconsin in there with a good team. They'll hang around with those big boys. But those other guys have gotten, for the most part, uh, smacked around pretty good. But I digress. Hey, some defensive analysis from from the ESPN's uh, crack staff as they kind of narrow down the best odds of making it to a conf- uh, to the top seed in the AFC. I'll share that with you. Also hear from Doug Peterson. Much more when we return. Thanks for being up and at him with us. We appreciate you on a Kathleen Chuck Accessories Tuesday. Yeah. Jeffrey. You remember that, huh? As we enter the cold, cold Florida winters. Yeah. I remember we did the old, the long hat summer. 
and I noticed something. What's that? We did a lot of hats, uh-huh. but this morning you switched it up, and you do that every now and then. Okay. You got the old Scully on the beanie. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. You got a lot of those? Not enough. I got maybe... Probably not near as many as you, I bet. I no, got, I don't have a lot of. Oh, you don't. Either. I don't have a bunch. I got five or six, maybe. I, I'm like, I got yeah. about seven or eight, maybe. And, and you know what? They're they're so like unisexual. I think Miss P's probably got a couple. I'll uh-huh. throw on in a pinch. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> if I need them, you grab your mama's yeah, back of the yeah, day. Yeah. Know, Same work. thing, because they, yeah, they're unisex. Works for me. Uh, Jack's eight and a half point favorites over the Bengals here. That's in, in large part due to the backup quarterback. I really have a good feeling. It feels like feels like we're gonna have a little party down there, like twenty seven three. Doesn't it? You need that. I, it though. does. Now they look. They still got Mixon. He's a slow to step. He's not quite that. He had a hot stretch a few weeks back, but you know, without Joe Burrow, man, it's just not that. It's just not there. It's just not there. I think the defense will, will show up. Uh, more on that in a second. But somebody had uh, wondered on the text line the biggest favorite the Jags have ever been, and uh, I looked up that answer. Back in 1999, the uh, Jaguars 17.5-point favorites over the Cleveland Browns. The Browns had the number one pick that year. We were 14-2, and two, so that, uh, that would make sense without looking back at any further details. All right. I'm going to ask uh, for a second that you put aside Travis Etienne's workload, Trevor Lawrence's ceiling. Calvin Ridley's abilities, the offensive line's performance, all important if the Jaguars, can I say may, maybe? Maybe's back. I told you maybe. I be, thought about maybe yesterday. Man, I told you. I, I said something after the loss to the Niners. said, you jokers in three weeks will be back on maybe. Didn't I? I, I said, about everybody's like, yeah, nobody. We win. I said, y'all just hold on. Talk to me in three weeks, and if they win these three games, then let me see, right? And that's where we're back. We're back where we should oh, be. Yeah, definitely. Got a good team, man. Just don't quibble with, with when you have real opportunity, right? I mean, they're 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 coin flip away from the best in the AFC. Let's make the breaks and get there, maybe. But all those important offensive, at times, issues aside. The following paragraph I'm about to read you will determine more than any or all of those things whether or not the maybe can become a reality. This is from a breakdown, ESPN. This one's from Bill Barnwell. He's breaking down the odds of of each of the four, uh, three lost teams in the AFC being the number one seed. And as part of that, he is breaking down for everyone that might be taking a first view and just what has made these teams as good as they are and what some of the maybe perceived weaknesses or things that have to get better uh, might be as well. So all of those offensive potential issues and maybe previous issues aside, the offense, by the way, boils down to two things. They're terrible in third and short, and they're terrible in the red zone. Both those things got to get better. Or they It'll be hard. But all of those things aside... The following paragraph will more define whether or not the Jaguars win the Super Bowl. Really listen to what I'm about to read you, considering what our eyes, ears, talk, and narrative have told you about the topic that I'm about to address. You with me? Pick up my report here. 
the Jags didn't stop Stroud altogether, but they sacked him twice on that final drive. They knocked him down seven times and pressured him on 21 of his 46 dropbacks. Stroud produced 258 yards on his blissful, on his uh, 25 blissful pressure-free dropbacks, but the 21 pressured looks netted only 46 yards. And this concluding sentence, the pass rush won the game. Slap me and call me silly. Who would have thought that the possibility of that sentence being written, even more so on a national platform that is trying to determine whether or not we're a Super Bowl champion. We just went on the road, I will remind you, and our quarterback threw for 364, the most in the league, yet the opinion, at least of this writer, is, quote, the pass rush won the game. He goes on to write, while the most obvious path for a Jaguars leap Last year involved Trevor Lawrence playing at an MVP level. They find themselves competing for the top spot in the conference because of what's been going on up front. Josh Allen, two and a half sacks, four knockdowns, has been stellar. Next-gen stats notes he has 12 pressures Sunday, the most for him in any single game as a pro. Eight of them coming against a Pro Bowl left tackle, Laramie Tunsil. Allen now with a career-high 12, six more remaining. Allen has been the true standout player, defensive player of the year candidate, but he's not the only one. Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick in 22, hasn't outplayed Aiden Hutchinson, but he's flashed more often in his sophomore season. Foye Aluakin, the team's big free agent addition at linebacker, is playing at an all-pro level. Fellow starting linebacker Devin Lloyd had a tough time against George Kittle, but listen to this. But a defense that was 32nd in the NFL on throws to tight ends last season is third best at the moment. What tremendous improvement Mike Caldwell has made with his defense. More about the defense. For the first time since 2017, when the Jags nearly went to the Super Bowl, they have a legitimately impressive defense. Then he gets into some analytic stats. Just understand this is a world, this is a whirlpool of total defense, how you do against the average defense in the league. So with that being said, they rank 10th. In per play on defense this season, fourth in win probability added on the defensive side of the ball, trailing only the Steelers, Ravens, and Eagles. In other words, their defense makes them more likely to win more than any other team than except for those three. Um, I, another analytical stat is called DVOA. And it's... it's uh, Defensive variance over average or defensive value over average. So how much more than an average defense are you? The improvement there is even bigger. Jacksonville was 23rd in defensive DVOA a year ago. And they were 6th before Sunday's game. And they held the Texans to 21 on 10 drives. Uh, Since giving up more than 30 to the Texans in week 3, the Jags defense has allowed 20 or fewer in 6 of 8 games. Uh, Saints got to 24, but then there is that most difficult challenge, and it's the one that seems to be applying pressure, the public opinion, and that's the way they played against the 49ers, which we will all admit was just terrible. So uh, there you go. Um, uh, A killer instinct is not there on the offense. the, The red zone has been terrible. They're 29th in points per red zone trips. They've had eight whiffs in 31 red zone opportunities. Only the Giants have come away with 
with fewer points in their opportunities. So they've got to execute in the red zone. They've got to get better in third. I, I saw a stat the other day. They flashed during the game. Y'all probably saw it. But in third and one to three, they are like 29th in the league in that. You know, part of this is, you know, part of this is, is ETN just is starting to look a little more sluggish and banged up. And it would be nice to, to, to get his workload down for those incredibly important games that we expect to be playing in January and hopefully into February. Maybe. But, Huh? Maybe. Maybe. All right, Cam Robinson went on the IR yesterday, so not going to have him for a few weeks at at, at, at the minimum. Uh, Peterson talks about what they would, you know, what they are going to miss with Cam out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's obviously a big part of that offensive line. It's been been great to, you know, after his suspension to get back in there, and he, he does bring a lot of energy and uh, a level of physicality to the offensive line, and, and uh, he's been a He's been a really big bright spot there. I, I want to say this too about that that play that he made down near the goal line. And I know we got a lot of voices and opinions on Ten Ten XL, and that's great. We should. Not everyone should should agree. I heard a lot of people being a lot more, you know, demeaning of the decision to go for a touchdown there. Gang, it ain't the end of the world. I just checked the scoreboard again. We did win the football game twenty four twenty one. I I I refuse to call into question the strategy of a Super Bowl winning head coach in any form or fashion that makes his viewpoint, I don't know, less reliable than mine. That's just me. I, I know in some of these thirds and fourths and shorts and when to go, man, like I said, those are polarizing topics and 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 intelligent sports fans and coaches can come up on different sides of that. Like an idiot or an idiotic decision, I should say, is like what this dude in in with the Chargers does. I mean, that's stupid. When you lead football games and you got fourth and one at your own 29 and you go for it. I mean, that's that's ridiculousness. If a guy who has been in the trenches and won a Super Bowl feels like he just hit a play to the one, he's got the defense, as he said after the game, on the ropes, and thinks he should go for it, he's going to go for it. I don't think the decision is stupid. I don't think it's dumb. It's aggressive. I don't think he's doing it to accentuate his personality. I don't think he gives a flip what thing, how he's viewed as some, you know, gambler. I just think that's his his nature is going to be to take the more aggressive uh, path. So here's his reasoning on that particular play. I just think it's interesting because it, it, the the talk and you know and and gnashing of the teeth over that decision. Makes me feel like we lost 24-21. I wanted to go up 20-7 with a chance to go up even more at the beginning of the third quarter. So those those all those all factor into making those decisions. I think if the defense were to start the third quarter, it's a no-brainer. One second left, just kick the field goal, get the three points, and now you're up 16-7 to seven going into the locker room, and, and it's a different deal. But I'm going to continue to trust our players and put them in those situations. I, they know that I'm going to continue to do it. and. Um, you know, listen, I, I credit Houston too. I mean, the guy, they made a great play and, uh, you know, it's just, um, they got us on that particular, uh, on that particular play, you know, and, and you, you want to keep trusting your guys. You've got to have to be better at that thing. We talked about those short yarded situations. That's another opportunity to give your team some confidence. And they didn't now, thankfully it didn't deflate them. It didn't defeat them. They didn't go on to lose the game. They won the game. That's at the end of the day, man. I trust the dude that they win the game easily going away if they punch it in there. They win the game by six instead of three if they kick the field goal. 
At the end of the day, that's what happened. We're 8-3. and three. We won on the road. Covered everything, anything you can imagine. Now a team is supposed to perform by perception or otherwise. They did. And now on to the reality that just like us, this team knows where they sit at 8-3. and three. You know, you approach it the same, learning to control your emotions. And and I want the guys to feel feel relaxed, but at the same time, continue to have that edge that we've we've had the last couple of weeks. And, and I think that's uh, something that's that's shown up. And and uh, Monday night is a special night. You're the only you know, the only game on, you know, and, and uh, everybody's watching you and, and you want to put your best foot forward. So but we'll definitely definitely have some conversations this week and, and try to prepare our guys the best we can. Yeah, on that big uh, stage. Are you ready for some football? Man, I, I know I am. At 1010XL is. And our game day coverage uh, next week will be unparalleled. Uh, we are going to go from uh, stem to stern, as they say. We'll start it at 6 a.m. here and be live Jaguar-themed programming throughout the fifth quarter show, which is liable to go till 2 or 3 in the morning. We're going to have darn near 24 hours straight of a Jaguars coverage around this huge celebration of Jaguars football. That's what it feels like it is. I sure would like that celebration to go stress-free. You know, we deserve a nice, easy, impressive win over a, you know, a, a team that's coming in without their gunslinger. I just don't have the weaponry, man, without that trigger man in in, in Joe Burrow. So uh, let's take advantage. Peterson said, he look, he, he knows they hear the playoff talk just like we do. He knows they're in a position uh, to do something about it. All right. Uh, the Doring Report, uh, less than an hour away now. This will be a final one of the year, I believe, with the former Gator All-American and the final playoff rankings come tonight and big games on the schedule this weekend uh, may or may not add to the chaos. So that'll be a big point of conversation when we visit with Chris. So uh, looking forward to that. When we come back on the other side, I will tee up a football fix. Uh, the Monday Nighter last night and other news from around the league as uh, playoff positioning is is also looking pretty chaotic at the bottom of the standings in both the AFC and the NFC. So uh, appreciate you up and at him with us on a Catlin Truck Accessories Tuesday. Oh boy. Heating up the morning with a drill speed trap alert brought to you by Catlin Truck Accessories, radar detection and more. Truck guy. Oh, that rolling lock bed cover. Mm, mm. All right, uh, we got one right now, Zoo Parkway near uh, Bush and uh, 95 out there, north of town. So if you're out there, if you're anywhere this morning, keep those speeds down. Let's keep it safe and keep that cash in our pocket. Holidays are here. Goodness knows we need it. I, I don't need you spending your J-Fun Radiothon money this morning just because you're going, you know, 10 miles an hour too fast. So um, there's that. I uh, went down and made me some Java in the break, E. And as we're prone to do, I think you and I uh, share this trait, not going to necessarily grab anything, but I got to every now and then curiosity. Take a peek. Got to take a peek (laughs) in that fridge. What's happening here in 1010XL, um, you know, culinary land? And I, man, I opened it up today. Today's a tough one now. You know, I never, listen, let me tell you one thing I don't, I'm not a thief. I don't steal. It wouldn't matter what it was. I mean, I've got many flaws. Don't get me wrong. That's not one of them. And I'm not the type to go take someone's. Although, uh, Taylor Dahl may argue, I did use her creamer a few times. (laughs) But if you tell them and pay them, that ain't stealing. Right, right. Poor Taylor had to move it. Somebody's drinking my tea. Every day I mean to tell her and I don't see her. And, you know, anyway. Um, But I went and did a little perusal today, opened up the fridge. Big sack of Taco Bell now. Is that fairy? Dang. Huh? That's a tease for you, boy. There's a big old bag of Taco Bell in there. 
Hey, huh? hot sauce in there. Too, I don't right? know. I didn't open the bag. I won't go that far. I don't need that kind of. <laughs> I don't need that kind of uh, temptation. Yeah, I don't need that kind of torture. All right, uh, fire up the bandy. We got a football fix. Brought to you by Allstate agent Mandy Bowers, Mandarin, now Orange Park. Two great locations. What a great dream team she's got. Mandy's been with us forever, man. Know a lot of y'all have used her, and so for all your insurance needs, maybe it's just a checkup. Check in with Allstate agent Mandy Bowers. Yeah, like I said earlier, it looks like the Dobbs uh, chariot has turned into a pumpkin, and he had multiple turnovers last night. Vikings fall at home to the Bears somehow, some way. The Vikings still on the last playoff spot in the NFC. But the Bears win 12-10. They uh, get a late field goal, four field goals in all. In fact, after the game, Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota's head coach, non-committal on Dobbs at quarterback. Now, they do have uh, some options now that they didn't have when when they needed him. Um, Rookie Jaron Hall is back from the concussion protocol, but maybe more importantly, uh, Nick Mullins, a veteran, started the year number two. He's been on injury reserve with a back injury, but he's on the active roster, so with more options, we'll see what what the Vikings do because, as I said, man, we're in those rare times, and we're way up above the water, man. We're sailing along in a yacht. There's a lot of bodies... (laughs) playoff potential playoff bodies that are bobbing on the water out there when you get down to like like in the AFC you've got the Colts are in at six and five but you go all the way down really to the the Bengals at five and six Raiders five and seven and and the thing is and this is why the Bills even with the brutal schedule may not be totally dead because they're tracking down the likes of the Colts Texans Broncos Raiders and the NFC, uh, like I said, even more jumbled mess. Minnesota, even with that loss, even with the issues, would have the final playoff spot. And, and look, they're 6-6, six and six, and you go all the way down to number 10, and the Saints have the same number of losses. So, yeah, uh, chaos is coming, perhaps in college football on Sunday afternoon and definitely down the stretch of this NFL season. Frank Reich fired by the Panthers. This broke yesterday morning uh, during the program. Yeah, that owner in Carolina. I, yeah, no thanks, man. I'll wait for the next job. Uh, Reich says he's possibly done in his NFL journey. Uh, the Dolphins are going to sign veteran defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, the Dolphins victimized by that MetLife turf over the Thanksgiving weekend. They lost linebacker DN Jalen Phillips to a season-ending Achilles injury, and uh, that certainly hurts the Dolphins, who are among... Those three or four teams like the Jags position to make a run, they hope, at the top seed in the AFC. All right, uh, Shaq Lawson is apologizing. Uh, The Bills defensive end made contact with a fan as he was leaving the field uh, and and a bitter loss against the Eagles. Those of you who know me know I'm all about the fans. A lot of respect for the game I play and my opponents. There was a fan behind us before the game making life-threatening remarks towards us and our families. We asked Philadelphia security to remove the fan. He was allowed to stay for the entire game. Eventually, our emotions pulled over. I made a mistake. So, yeah, fans, man, they get a little mouthy. Wait, the way, the way 5'8", 210-pounders talk to 6'5", 280-pounders surprises <laughs> right. me sometimes. It's crazy. <laughs> Joe Burrow's wrist surgery went as planned, which means as planned. The Jags dodge a Burrow bullet when they host the Bengals in Monday Night Football next week. Well, that didn't last long. 
Uh, Marcus Peters in and out with the Raiders. He was waived yesterday. Benched before halftime in a loss to the Chiefs over the weekend. And so you, uh, man, that's a guy who wears out his welcome quick. Makes a lot of plays and apparently a lot of enemies. Uh, the Browns, two games away for the Jags. Miles Garrett with a uh, scare last Sunday. Word comes he suffered no structural damage to his shoulder. He was seen with a sling after the game. Um, we'll see. We'll, you know, just because it's not going to cost you the rest of the year doesn't mean it's not going to cost or at least slow you the next couple of weeks. And that's Football Fix. Brought to you by Allstate agent Mandy Bowers in Mandarin. Hick and Arrival and more come your way next. Up and rolling on a chili. Catlin, Truck Accessories Tuesday. Ladies and gents, please put your hands together as Dan Hicken enters the studio. You know it! It's actually pretty good. Excitable. It's a party. It's a party every morning, ladies and gentlemen. If you're joining us right now on the Twitch stream. Is this everyday people? It's showing remake. Who's the original uh, singer of I'm Everyday People? Who was that? A little pre uh Mar John. No, I don't know. Come on. Who are you um, talking to? This is your, your era. Could it be like... Uh, yes. You, you could have said anything right now and you would have had a winner. I mean, it, it's not like village people or anything. And it's not like it's the not fifth a, dimension, is it? I don't... Who's the second? Second one I've never heard of. It definitely yes, was... The Dawning of the Age of Aquarius. Okay. Yeah. It was... It's not... Who sang the original, E.T.? Look it oh, up. Sly and the Family Stone. Is that who it is? We yeah. got it. Never mind, e. Love Sly and the Family Stone. I know you do. I love them enough sure. to know that they did <laughs> well, everyday people. But that's fair. <laughs> I like everyday people. That, that's fair. That's fair. It's good to be here. I looked at two different um, football plays last night, and they're interesting to me. And I'll start with the... Uh, you know, everybody was raving about C.J. Stroud, and he had that third and 12, and he left the pocket and uh, screwed up. He had two guys open, short, but easy gains of five to ten yards. Which would have made the field goal good if he hits it the same. Correct, if he hits it the same. But nonetheless, would have made the field goal attempt a lot easier. Bill Barnwell and, pointed out a good point, too. They, the, the Texans took over the ball after that first down and lost two yards because of the Jags' pass rush. They had a sack, and yeah. they forced him out, so... There's a lot of news going on with Florida right now, obviously. They fired two of their defensive assistants. Yeah, that Corey Raymond star burned out fast. Fast. And, you know, immediately people, okay, now the recruits are talking. What's going to happen? Mostly, I, I saw mostly positive stuff about the recruits. But anyway, I, I and again, I'm, I'm not defending Billy Napier. It's, you know, two straight losing seasons stinks, right? I was looking at this play last night, and it was just like, God, it was, it was so, such a good play. And, and I keep hearing people like, this was the turning point of the game, and I can't believe he was this dumb to call this double reverse. When if you hit that play, it's obviously you got a chance for a, a knockout blow, 19 nothing. I don't know if we would have won, but it would have been tough okay. for them. 
I played it never stood a chance <laughs> so you by go, the time he put so, you back. Well, actually, it did. You go back and look at it from the high, and what the play was designed to do, and I didn't know this. I thought they were throwing it down the field, right? But didn't you think that was the play? It, it was a double reverse one, and they were a pitch. They pitched back to Brown, didn't yes. they? Yes. Yeah, so, but, but so by they, the time they pitched to him, so, the defense was there. Right, so you give it to Eugene Wilson coming yeah. this way. Right. Okay? He keeps going after he gives it to Khalil Jackson. Mm-hmm. Jackson flips it to Max Brown. What I didn't know is that the entire offensive, most of the offensive line is now over there with a convoy with Eugene Wilson. Okay. On a bubble screen, basically. Yeah. Just flip it out to him. And it's like five guys against three. Mm-hmm. Okay? What happened is two FSU guys stayed home because they're veteran good football players and they know if that's going that way. They play, I, I was going to point out, as you yeah. said that, finish, but they, they, they did play disciplined defense. Yeah. You know, they got yeah. out of position on some inside runs, good. but they did a real good they're job good. of setting those edges. Yeah, they're, good, they're a good team. And so if Max Brown, and I don't know why, but he had, he had a split second and a half. Oh, he did. See, in my yes. mind, I remember them just being on if him as he, soon as it happened. For some unexplainable un- reason, he got the ball. Eugene Wilson is right there in the flat. If he gets the ball and just immediately throws it to him, right? And that's the play. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, because if you look, Ricky Pearsall on the right side is going down, but he's not even looking for the ball. He's engaged with a defensive yeah. back looking up at the big screen because he's expecting a touchdown. <laughs> okay. So for some unexplained reason, youth, I assume, experience. Max Brown gets the ball. This, this position. He's looking at the receiver, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not watching on, you know, because Roku. he's got guys coming on him. A big, see, that's how I remember that play, but he go does. ahead. But if he takes the ball and immediately throws it, and you, you can see Eugene Wilson like, ah, like, like okay. surrender cold. All right. And listen, again, what I said yesterday. I, I don't think that's necessarily defending. Thought, the point is that, that, you know. What I thought this weekend was, I like the going for the big strike. What I don't like is the play call. But the play call was there, but the young – now you have to factor in. I got a young quarterback. I don't know if he can do it, but obviously I'm sure they practiced it all week. It was right there for him. This is going to be our sudden change play, and, you know, so we'll be ready for it. But didn't work until the victor goes to spoils, but I just I, – I just – it's just like whatever – like so last night they get rid of two assistants. Oh, I can't believe this guy's still here. And this guy – so it's just like whatever he does – the people who hate him, their minds are made. He can't do anything right. I'm not. I'm not quibbling with all the, those yeah. things you're I'm talking not saying about. You are. No, I know you are. But I would, you know, I guess if people don't posture me, not you. Yeah. I don't want to be postured in that crazy right. blank camp. I'm not every you're just single. Saying you don't think he's ever going to be a winner. I just don't think he's That's the guy. Fair. That's and, fine. And, and I base that on what I see during the games yeah. and the preparation and yeah. some mistakes that are still made two years later. But I get there's a lot of turnover. That's going to continue until you get a, a winning talent. Yeah. So. So. I don't, I just, it just, I, I sit here and I listen to some of this diatribe that is spewed both here and on social media. And I'm like, again, not defending Billy Napier, but it's kind of like play, the Trevor Lawrence. You can't, you can only do yeah. so much if the guy, yeah. no, it's completely different. It's not yeah. a quarterback thing. That but play though, there are other reasons should have worked. And if the young quarterback throws it immediately, it would have worked, but it didn't. Yep. And so that's where Florida is. And now. He starts making changes immediately. I've I've heard that he's they're very active in the portal. You're seeing guys' names pop up immediately. They're saying this transfer portal is going to be yeah. nuts. So this yeah, year, yeah, yeah. I've and read you that. can 
if you do it right, you might be able to hit. If you can hit like FSU did, I don't know if it's sustaining again, but it has changed the face of college football in that if you sign 25 guys a year, but you're not going to sign 25 guys because you got to leave some spots open for portal guys. And by the way, if I have a choice between uh, a 21-year-old offensive lineman who's played two years of Power 5 football, and I've seen some good things that I think I can make him even better, or an 18-year-old kid, I'm most likely going to take the 21-year-old well, kid. if you can find good ones, sure. Yeah, so. But the problem is, the reality is, they got Damian George. He was a liability. That's, yeah, that's who you got. Correct. This, this guy, this guard from, from Baylor was in and out and on and off the field for various reasons. Yeah, I don't know how he played. Yeah, I, I don't you, either. You but. can tell that Damian, even to untrained eyes like ourselves, we know that Damian George did not have a good year. I think the Makuza guy was okay, but I'm not 100% certain on that. So it's going gonna, it's gonna, it, it, to be an interesting offseason. Other, my other point I wanted to make about Florida football Everybody like, Dan, have you seen that schedule? Dan. Next year? Yeah. It's 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 unbelievable. Hey, what am I doing here? Timeout. Timeout. You get a T.O., baby. Let me tell you something. First off, it's the SEC. We all play those schedules. Every one of those they will 16 too. teams yeah. play those schedules. And now, That's and, one. And now pretty much everyone's going to have a tough schedule. Correct. It's more NFL-like. Number There'll two, be more parity. Number two, if you got a great team... That ain't a tough schedule, bro. Here's what I got. I got Miami. Where is that game? Is that a in neutral? Gainesville? It's in Gainesville. Who's a who's a bowl team, but is uh, yeah, yeah, upper third ACC. They're like Florida. They're not totally different than Florida. Okay. I got Miami first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I got Samford. Mm-hmm. I better sure win that game. Sure. Although Dan Mullen gave up fifty something to him. Mm. No bueno. <laughs> then I have a home SEC opener against Texas A and M. With a new coach. Yeah. Go win it. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Th- then what happens? Well, that's the only far, part of this. You got you know where Georgia and FSU are, but the rest hasn't yeah. been set. But Texas but A&M the, is the SEC home opener. But the other opponents. Okay, so so you know, I got like, UCF, who's a good team. Yeah. But you better be better than them. Is that a home game also? Yeah. Um, I've got Kentucky, who yeah. at some point I got to start game. beating again. Okay. All right. I got Mississippi State. Okay, got a new coach. Um, and and here's here herein lies the riddle. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say those are all expected wins, but if those are your six more expected, where Billy has fallen short, and what's killing him right now is he's not winning the games he's supposed to win. I see Vandy, see Arkansas, right? Those two. And and by the way, those six, you still gonna have to find me some upset wins, probably. But give me the last six. Well, on the, the schedule. two toughest to me, the okay. two toughest are Georgia uh-huh. and at Texas. Texas is a real good team. Yeah, you this also year. have LSU and FSU. You have LSU at, at FSU with a new quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But you got to go. We're to way FSU behind them with a totally different team. Yeah, you got Ole Miss. Yeah, um, and Tennessee. It's it's a tough schedule, but it's not like okay. you should win nine okay. games okay. on that. Schedule. Okay, okay. Then if you don't for, forget nine, yeah. If he doesn't win eight, Dan, yeah. at some point it's not about giving him time, yeah. or it's not about. Uh, questioning every coach, just at some point you got to get a feel. Is this guy the dude? Man? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. And I, that's and not, just, just that's because not... you think you know that, or I do, uh-huh. a year or two years in, uh-huh. doesn't make it fact. I just, I just, I don't. I'm racking my brain for the real. Think of the power players in college football right now. A coach. Think I just of get them. a little tired of like people trying. Oh, it's a, yeah, have you seen this schedule? Have you seen? Yeah, 
yeah, I saw it. It's okay. Yeah. It's a tough schedule. Guess what? Who's yeah. and I don't know who they're playing, but I guarantee Georgia. They Georgia's all have playing hard. Oklahoma. They're playing Alabama. They're at Alabama. Alabama yeah. and, and Tennessee's playing and Al- Alabama Al- every year. And Alabama's playing Oklahoma yeah. and Georgia. So they're all tough for bro. sure. For sure. Ma- if you're no good, it looks tougher. Here, here's the narrative <laughs> that I'm. Here's the narrative that I'm sick to death of. Okay, uh, and I'm uh, not, I, again, folk. I'm not banging. This is not banging the SEC banner or the SEC drum. I like one team in the SEC. Y'all know who it is. So I could care less. Mm-hmm. But I am, and and I, I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. I think you would lean toward this opinion mm-hmm. that you know the SEC is just quote just not that good this year. Okay, and and I'm reading a column that's I don't know where I got this from, but nightmare scenario for the SEC completely shut out of the CFP. Yeah, they're raising that. There's no chance. Of okay, that now but let me just add a dose of reality on this down SEC while yeah. the Pac-12 and the others crow. I'm looking at the real-time sports rankings. It's basically RPI of football. Mm-hmm. Conference power rankings. Mm-hmm. Total wins. SEC has the most. Non-conference wins. The SEC is 44-10. and 10. Best non-conference winning percentage. Strength of schedule, number one. The SEC is number one across the board. Yeah. And, 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 and again, I'm not. it may not be the as good as it has been in years past. Or, or, it, it wasn't. But it, it wasn't. But... It's still better than the other conference. If you play, if you're Georgia and you just play the SEC conference, your wins over over Ole Miss and and I and think what happens at Auburn, they're 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 valid. I think what happens at this time of the year is the national boys who really don't care about college football try and find a reason up in the Northeast, but they, they want to, and that's fine. They want you know you don't live college football up in the Northeast. You got there's no college football teams that are worth a darn in the Northeast. Okay, so at this time of the year, the those those fellas all try to give their two cents on what the committee's going to do without understanding how college football works. If all the favorites win this weekend, there are five teams for four spots, and you're going to have to decide who gets left out if all the favorites win. Well, and I think the four undefeateds will go. Okay. I think it'll be pretty- Well, no, because Oregon's favorite over Washington. Oh, oh okay. I'm so, so if all the favorites uh, okay. win. Well, that's, yeah. Okay, then you're going those three in the Oregon-Washington winner. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that would make. I think the chaos comes if Alabama beats Georgia, which is which is what I'm rooting yeah. for. Just because because Alabama, I don't think you can leave Georgia out. I don't either. How could you sit yeah. there and say no? no. Now, are you going to leave Bama, the SEC champion, out? Well, and here's why. Here's or, why. But are you going to take two? You shouldn't take two either. It's a really tough. It's a tough situation though for the committee because somebody's going to be ticked because Texas gets left out. And they said, "Wait a minute, you are took you, Alabama. Yeah. We beat them." Yeah, I hear you. That's fair, and I, I get it. That's fair. And FSU that, says, that, wait a minute, well, you're leaving us out? We won every game. And, and that's where you you have it, whether you like it or not. You by could, the way, Oregon wins. We beat every team on our schedule, including. And I hear you. They played dominant football. Well, and, and by the way, don't forget last year's, last year's four. Yeah. Now, granted, every college football landscape differs from year to year. Last year's four mm-hmm. included not one, but two. Non-conference champions. TCU. TCU lost their conference championship game and still got in. Yeah, and? Ohio State. Oh, yeah? Didn't even go to their conference championship game. So if you think that they're going to go chalk, you know, and again, I don't remember last year what the scenarios were. Alabama and their two losses probably had an argument. I would have argued they were. A, but the reason is because those are flimsier resumes to me. A TCU winning the Big 12. You know, Texas or Oklahoma, I'm not an elitist like that, man. I think the brand matters. And the Texas or Oklahoma wins the Big 12, to me, it's more legitimate than if TCU does. If TCU does, it's because those other two big boys didn't show up. Mm. 
So, uh, but yeah, Texas's argument would be would be valid. Again, I root for the chaos just so these guys can. So, Boo. I mean, you got a guy running your 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 you know your whole committee, and his name is Boo. There let's, you go. Let's root for chaos. Let's talk to Chris Doring here in a minute. Yeah, and wrap up with him uh, and see what what he thinks about the Gator program and where it's headed. And uh, we got a lot of Jaguar talk today as well. Eight and three. We had Bretton Strange on the program last night. I told him I was just absolutely miffed with his football program that that cost me a possible wheel spin when I went with Penn State to beat Ohio State. Oh, he also yeah. agreed with me and yeah. thought it was a terrible. Yeah. Terrible loss. Did you also ask him why is a second-round pick? He's making no impact while I see other guys around the league catching no. balls. What we did last night is we showed him make a great block there on you that 42-yard play by Luke Farrell. That's how we That's roll. That's how you spin that, That's baby. how you do that real quick. I read a, a synopsis sentence that you would have never imagined would could be read. Yeah. I'm reading Bill Barnwell's uh, evaluation of the teams that are most likely to go to the uh, as the top seed in the AFC, and he gives the pluses and the minuses, and he's talking about the Houston game and what a great job the pass rush did. They were incredible uh, pressuring, and when they did, C.J. Stroud was terrible when 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 they got to him. But then he said this as as a synopsis of the game. Quite simply, the Jaguars' pass rush won the game. Imagine that. Well, Imagine Josh speaking Allen those was, words. Did. Yeah. That's what we said yesterday. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. For sure. All right, we'll talk to Chris during the Doring Report. Uh, Not just a synopsis of the Florida season and where they go from there, but a big weekend in college football, particularly his his intel on Alabama, Georgia, and the uh, potential for chaos out there. Uh, Thanks for being up and at it with us. It's Catlin Truck Accessories Tuesday. All right. I started to hear that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It used to be so intimidating at the swamp when they were playing that. They put it up on the video board, and that alligator slink into the swamp, and fans would be in a frothy state of <laughs> violence. Got to be good too, though. Uh, it was uh, it was electric atmosphere, that man. It just uh, they sold out all their games this year. Let's bring in Chris Doring from the SEC Network, former Florida Gator. Um, I was watching the '95 uh, game, Chris. Those were fun. And I think Danny threw for 400 and some odd yards, and he hit Quezzy and that you had one, I know for sure. I don't know how many you had. Did you have two or three that day? You always had a ton. I, I had one in that one, but uh, yeah. it, was, uh, it was the the record breaker, the uh, season and career SEC record breaker. Against Florida State in the swamp yeah. in my last game there as a senior, man, it was very fitting. Yeah, this isn't about you. It's about me. <laughs> so I was in the uh, – back in the day, they used to let us on the field to watch the games instead of being in the press box. That That has changed, but – for me, I, listen, there ain't nothing like being down on the field of a college football game in the swamp watching the game. I would sit down there and walk up and down the sidelines, and I was I could yell and scream if I wanted. Anyway, I was in the end zone, the middle of the end zone. Number 12, Quezzy mm-hmm. Green, yeah. he was number 12 that year. Caught one diving. Slid right into you. Slid right into me, yeah. Dorian. It was a he I, loves I, that. I wanted a dog pile he, on him. He loves it. I Chris, patted him on the back, Dorian. I felt a part of it. I mean, the, the dudes <laughs> dudes won Emmys. He's been on television in Jacksonville for a hundred years. Yeah. Every year the media guide comes out, he rifles through it to see oh, if there's a picture of him in anywhere. I was in there <laughs> I was in there one year when Trey Everett <laughs> caught one at, against Tennessee and I was watching it with my eyes lit up, Dorian. It was beautiful. Hey, that one uh, Quezcott against Florida State in 95, you must have been holding hands with Emmett Smith. Yes, was I right was. There, You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I was I was uh, what we like to call in the business jock-sniffing Emmett at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, just as, you know, it, it could be an hour summation, really, but just as, as concise as you can summarize the season that we just saw and the expectation from this point, Moving forward, and again, that, that is an awfully broad question. I, I trust yeah, no, your ability to answer. 
the the answer is what you saw Saturday night. Some really good moments, some really bad moments, some penalties and dumb mistakes that have uh, haunted the team all year long. And at the end of the day, a failure to get it done. I mean, that has been the story since week one. It has continued on through the season. And, and uh, you know, I think it was a very fitting way to, to end the year at home against Florida State with so much uh, potentially on the line and, and, and so much that was so very close that uh, it didn't quite come to fruition. You know, I mean, if you find a way to, to win against Arkansas uh, a couple weeks ago, if you find a way to win against Missouri two weeks ago, if you find a way to pull that one out, mm-hmm. talking about an 8-4 and four season with a much different feel to it, but uh, Florida couldn't get those games uh, won in, in tight ones, and uh, I think that's the, the real focus going forward is, is trying to figure out how to win close games and, and eliminate the stupid self-inflicted penalties and mistakes that have haunted this team. So, one of the topics... Billy leads college football in ifs, by the way. If those were Ws. <laughs> then we, yeah. one, of the, one of the topics, Chris, was, uh, you know, oh, I thought he changed the culture, and then we have the incidents, especially the, the spitting one was the main one. I don't... The spitting one changed the entire game. Correct. It did. Right. I Correct. said that the yesterday. Spit, Correct. We, we, we had, what, we, I think five possessions they had up to Correct. that point in time. Three of them were three and outs that ended yep. with negative yardage. Yep. So you got them backed up. It's second and 12. And you spit in the dude's face away from the play, right. and now all of a sudden it's a 15-yard penalty to go on a 10-play, 90-yard drive. So has the culture not changed then, or because? And then I saw people make a big deal out of like Eugene Wilson because uh, I don't I don't know who the dude was, away a staffer, and he got get off nah, me. Whatever. I, 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 I kind of like that, like in a way, it's like you know I love the intensity, but Percy online too said no biggie. <laughs> yeah, so help me understand. It's just about winning and losing, or has. Is the culture different there? I mean, give me a feel for what, because that's what a lot of the fans are complaining and talking about. Yeah, I think the culture is, is different. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like uh, they've done a nice job of, of bringing in guys that fit the culture that they're trying to build and mm-hmm. guys that fit the scheme that they're trying to run over the last two years, whether we're talking about, you know, the, the freshmen like, uh, like Trey Wilson or, or we're talking about portal guys like Ricky Pearsall and Graham Merz. I think he's done a a nice job that way. I think the problem is we haven't had enough of those guys that play on the offensive and defensive lines. It's great to have a great culture, but you also have to have dudes that know how to play. And, and uh, it, as much as you want to talk about you know, all the great things off the field, it is about winning and losing. And so you know, the, the, the task now is to keep this 2024 recruiting class together. Mm-hmm. Clearly they have to make some changes. Uh, they've already done that with some coaching moves, and they have to continue to do that. But uh, I think the the big question is, you know, how, how operationally can we get better? How, how much more awareness can we have of play clock? How much more awareness right. of, can we have of situations where we get the right personnel? Like those are very important things, but you know, it, it also the the little things, the attention to detail that's missing right now. What about the? Uh, let me just, I'm just kind of bouncing around here, trying to wrap up this season with Chris Doring. Uh, there's a lot of comments about Florida looks like they should be stronger. The strength coach, maybe we should get a different strength coach. The guy's the fourth highest paid strength coach in football, by the way. So, um, and we've had plays where I can remember against Missouri, our, our safety came up to put a lick on a receiver and he bounced off him. And I can remember Wingo getting sent skyward and uh, different plays where in the old days, Gator blows up player. And that did not happen as much this year. Or is that just, hey, man, these are 19-year-olds against 21-year-olds, and that's going to be how it's going to be. So I don't know enough about that. But I do know the strength coach is important. What do you know about our strength coach, and is that 
something they should look at? No, I like him a lot, mm-hmm. and, and they've made the announcement he's coming back. And, and um, you know, I think you also, just like you have to have time to, to develop young players, you also have to have time to develop physically the players. I mean, when you're playing as many young guys as Florida is, particularly on the defensive side, you're going to look under man. I mean, go back to, to Texas A&M last year. They were playing 17- and 18-year-old kids out, uh, highly recruited 17- and 18-year-old players, but 17- and 18-year-old players nonetheless. So getting a chance to go through off-season conditioning programs and, and having more time to just physically mature is a very important part of, of the, 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 the reconstruction of the roster. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's appropriate at this point to, mm-hmm. to make any changes there. Now, if, if we're talking about the same thing, Next year, maybe it's a time to take a, a look at it then, but uh, I really think it's more of a result. Uh, what, who, was it, who was the state? Was it Jordan Castell that b- bounced off of, of uh, the I don't re- think the it was. I'm not no. sh- I, it was down the left sideline. I think it was Burden who caught the ball. Remember the dude came up yeah. to deliver a blow, and it. he went the yeah. wrong way, and then Burden went down. it was Castell, actually. It might have been Castell. It was just a true freshman, yeah, so I did a good player, that, too. Well, they, they, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, here's, here's a concern, too, uh, Chris, right? What? You lose your momentum when you pile up losing seasons, right? I mean, kids, kids aren't kids don't know who Urban Meyer is. <laughs> they know Kirby Smart is. They know what Alabama and Ohio State and these others are. So you 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 worry a little bit, not even about the incoming, but you know it's a new world of college football where it would be devastating for Florida to lose a, a Eugene Wilson or a Castell or any of these other young pieces, and and how you know difficult that becomes in today's a, age of of college football. You know what I mean? Do you, do, yeah. It's, yeah, is there any way to guess what's in kids' heads? I, I don't think there is, but I do think it, retention is it's nervous. These are nervous times. Yeah, yeah it's, it's being able to retain your roster is one of the things that I think Kirby Smart has done the best job. At. Yeah. I mean, and even he lost you know guys like Bear Alexander in the offseason, mm-hmm. Jermaine Burton a couple of years ago. So it happens to everybody. My hope is that you have an attitude like the the one you know you heard some of the recruits. In the 2024 class, talking about being committed to the, the rebuild process and getting things right, and you, you hope that guys on the roster uh, currently are, are feeling the same way and they're not being tempted to you know, listen to other schools. And you know, Roster tampering is one of the things that you hear a lot from, from coaches in this league. Uh, again, it goes back to something we've talked about before. Name names then. Let's, let's name names on who the ones that are out there tampering with people's roster, uh, breaking the rules. There's got to be better – rule enforcement by the NCAA and better transparency as a whole, but that's another story. Uh, I do think that um, you know, this, this current group seems to be committed to, to the, the process and understanding that it takes time, but uh, money also talks, and so it'll be interesting to, to see how many of these guys decide to even test the waters and, and, and put their name in the portal to see what kind of uh, money that they can bring in for themselves. Uh, uh, Michigan just re- released a statement and said that we they don't think we need to look into roster tampering. <laughs> in they fact. say they say this this year's portal is going to be like out of control. Is that what you're hearing as well? That yeah, more kids than ever, almost like college basketball. I mean, you, I, I listen. I think the one thing that Napier has to do this year uh, is get dudes up front in the trenches who can who can. I mean, uh, our, our left tackle had a sack on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> The offensive line, I mean, I, granted, now I know Austin Barber was out. I right. know that uh, Iguakin was yeah. out. But yeah. that, that, it's an embarrassment. Yeah. And yeah. It's it really is. It's an embarrassment to ask the quarterback, who's not a great passer to begin with, right. to step in the pocket and stand there and yeah. throw the football time and time again. And it's not like the game's out of hand. It's a one-point ball game, and you're 
you're dropping back on first, second, and third downs. Like, move the guy out, help your offensive line out, and play to the strengths of your quarterback. I thought the play calling was uh, a little got a little panicked yeah. towards the end of the third and and, and beginning of the fourth quarters. Uh, had a great game plan. I think well, that's one of the things you got to look at too. When the the scripted plays, you know, every everything Run out. scripted yeah. the first fifteen, yeah. everything looks good, and then all of a sudden, you know, things start to slow down a little bit. But, I'm all uh, for scripting the whole game, Chris. I don't know why we <laughs> yeah. can't script the whole. Chris, game I don't want to put I don't want to put put a tough implication or you put thoughts in your own head, but I just I detect just a bit more frustration in your voice and summarizing, you know, where Billy has this football team after a, a couple of years. Is that fair? Or am I hearing things? Yeah, no, I think you're fair. I mean, it, it, I, I'm, I'm a passionate, lifelong Gator fan, yeah. and, and, and I have to try to you know take the, the orange and blue glasses off when I'm doing the stuff on television. On here, I could be a little bit more of a homer with you guys, <laughs> and I think we've we've watched, I mean, two close games the last two weeks. Yeah. Like, just find a way to finish. I know you're undermanned. You, you, there's so many things that that uh, you're doing that are good, but this the the self-inflicted wounds that are happening time and time again, dating back to the Utah game. Those are the things that are frustrating. Those are the things that you you can prevent, and uh, to have that happen and prevent them from winning games in in three instances over the last six weeks is tough. Well, statistically or analytically, if he does succeed, it will be against the norm because generally speaking. You're going to see a coach make strides in year two that that, yeah, yeah. that 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 did not happen, and <clears throat> like even your coach, I remember way back in the beginning before you even got there. The one thing about Orr, you knew he would win a game that he wasn't supposed to win every year, but he also won the ones that he was supposed every time. to win all the time. Yeah. So, but I look at the schedule for next year, Chris, and uh, you know, I was talking with Pross about this earlier. I listen. Back in the day, again, when when you're good, that schedule's it's they're all tough. I, my point is, it's not as people go. Oh my God, have you seen the schedule for 24? Yeah, I've seen it. You got Miami, you got Sanford, and you got Texas A&M to open the season. And boy, Billy Napier, he's got to find a way to win those games early, man, or uh, it is going to be untenable in Gainesville. I suspect. I think the biggest thing is what you just said, though. Win the games you're supposed right. to win, yeah. and the wins you're supposed to win are the ones that that are played in your own stadium. Yes. Like you can't lose to Arkansas at home. The, the Tennessee game was a perfect example. Right. Like that's a game that you have a great home field advantage, and you used it. You had five false start penalties in the first half. You, you, you let them make mistakes on the road. That's what typically happens instead of the other way around, where you're playing at home against Arkansas, and you, you mm-hmm. send the you know you got guys running in on the field goal team when they shouldn't be, and you get right. substitution penalties, or you got you know spitting in people's faces. Like it let the other team feel the impact of playing on the road. So right, you have to find ways to win those ball games in your own backyard. All right, quick thought on the SEC championship uh, game this weekend. Who who do you got, and what will be the Golly. difference? Yeah, I don't know if I have anybody yet, yeah. man. I mean, it's, it's one of the few instances where we have both teams that are 8-0 in the conference playing one another. And, and uh, it, it's funny because in a year where there's been so much parity and there's been you know the, the Missouri and Ole Miss stories, it's still Georgia, Alabama, and Atlanta the first weekend of December. And you know, watching that, that defensive tape from Auburn now, they gave up 244 yards on the – the ground, but uh, they are physical. Like that, I watched that, and then I watch our defense and how different mm-hmm. it is with the way that the guys used to be from, the same. Yeah, <laughs> not that long yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, not that long ago. But the uh, they play hard. They're very disciplined. They're, they they play physically, and they'll go up against you know a Georgia team that has a lot of weapons. It was uh, interesting. I don't know if you guys watched the Georgia Georgia Tech game, but it had the uh, they they put up 
a graphic on television and said inactives. And I'm thinking, this isn't the NFL. We're not listing it. <laughs> like, they, they had Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey, uh, Dominic Lovett. Like, those, those three huge pieces of your offense not playing for whatever reason. I assume that they'll be back this week, and that'll, that'll help uh, going up against that Alabama defense. But I, I think it's going to be a great game. I probably lean towards Georgia right now, but Alabama does not lose in Alabama uh, in Atlanta. I think Nick Saban's ten and one in Atlanta, never lost in Mercedes Benz Stadium, so mm. should be a great one, man. Hey, uh, before we let you go, just real quick, uh, if Alabama were to beat Georgia, what happens with the Final Four in terms of the SEC? Yeah. So much of it ha- has to deal with what happens in the Pac-12 championship. I mean, I think the biggest roadblock. It could be, you know, what what happens in the Big Twelve championship game with Texas having mm-hmm. beaten, you know, Alabama and Tuscaloosa. That's a huge resume builder for them. Uh, Florida State. I mean, it's it's interesting for Florida State. What if they go win this weekend and the committee decides that well they're not the same team without Jordan Travis? It's a. I know we look at it like. I think Florida State would probably be a double-digit underdog to Alabama. But do you reward them for being an undefeated Power Five champion? It's, it's uh, there's some tough potential. Tough potential calls to make, and then at the same time, if you get you know the the four undefeated that win their conference championship game, it makes it nice and neat yeah, for the nice committee right. as well. Right. Nobody wants that. Hey, Let's man, enjoy, some chaos. enjoyed being with you all season. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I love being with you guys, man. I can't believe it's over with, I but uh, thanks for always having me. It's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, right. we enjoy it. Cool. We'll work. See you, guys. See, See you, buddy. Yeah. There he goes, Bye. Chris Doring. We. All Pro Roofing Hotline is all our exclusive uh, guests. And we'll talk on the Riley Report later in the week and break down some of these conference championship games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Texas, Oklahoma, and the Big 12. Oklahoma State. It's, it's Texas and Oklahoma State. and <clears throat> Texas should win that game. <clears throat> they didn't play each other this year. Yeah. I don't know what happened to Oklahoma State. They, they, they are. It's one of the great stories of the college football season. They were horrible. They lost to some slappy at the beginning of the year. They all lost right? to South Alabama 33-7. Yeah. Then they found this kid, Ollie Gordon. Mm-hmm. And... As Oklahoma State, they always seem to have a really good running back. And they got hot, and they won a bunch of games. Then they're about to get knocked out by BYU at home, a very average. This Saturday, they were down 24-6, to Pross, mm-hmm. and came back and won in overtime I, and to I, get to the championship game. Let me give you a spoiler alert. Texas 45, Oklahoma State 20. Yeah, I kind of uh, Oklahoma State is one of the oddest birds in the zoo. Yeah. They beat Oklahoma 27-24. The next yeah. week they went to UCF and lost 45-3. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense. Mm-hmm. All right, this is the drill. Come back with a 10-minute drill. Take a little uh, scan of the uh, sports landscape in a, in a couple of different areas. That and more on a Catlin Truck Accessories Tuesday. Hit it. Hey! All right. I have Help! soldiered through so hey! far today. we got sports concepts and rationalizations. We We're giving out a prize yeah. pack at the end of this. 641-1010. E, what's the prize pack? A $25 gift card to Small Cakes. Oh, and a swing by this Saturday, December second, so your little one can meet Cinderella as they enjoy. Darn right, oh, sweet treat. Is that the Cinderella? Yes. The Cinderella. Can also wow. beat Josh Dobbs. He's the one in the pumpkin. Oh, uh, oh plus we also got a five hundred dollars gift certificate what? to uh to a Beers Diamond. Oh, winner will be selected Friday. Oh, Taylor, <laughs> you got wow. some work to do, girl. I am. I'm soldiering through today. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Okay. Man, for the second time in in in, in five months. With an asterisk, that's the first time of it really mattering to me. I have to put a pet down today, boy. What? Yeah, my cat, man. 
Oh, this yeah. is the one you like, too. She went fast. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Love this cat now. I can't deal with this and I get emotion. With, I get with the cliches of cats versus dog people and all that. Listen, I'm a lover of all animals if they if they love me back. Um, this cat is so cool. She's more dog than my dog was. The dog was more cat than the cat was. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. And she is just withered away in front of oh. us for about the last week and a half. And oh. now to the point they won't eat or drink. And it's just so sad. Sad, Very man. sad. It's very sad. They really are members of your family. I had a hard time leaving this morning, dude. I mean, because this cat, like I said, has just been the best hick, man. I I know you're allergic to cats, so you can't throw yourself into a category. But the Mm. one thing that a cat will do, and science has proven this, there is nothing that lowers your blood pressure like a cat sitting on you purring. There ain't nothing more relaxing than, you know, laying on the sofa with a cat sitting on your chest purring or in your lap while you're uh, watching TV. And she was a great, great cat. And, um... Shout out. That'll be it. That'll be Pepper. You know, so, you know. Feel Shout free out to, to Pepper. Call the hotline with Pepper. <laughs> like great Tucker. Tucker was, you know, also a great cat. Tucker was this cat's father. Who knew? Yeah. Well, I, they'll be in kitty well, heaven we, together. We think. Cats get around a little bit. Oh, but we think that. You yeah. had kind of a dirty cat. Well, we know oh, who the Tucker mo- was a dirty. I, no, the mother cat would be the, oh, you know. Yeah. Tucker was a we know man who the mother is. They, but, yeah, so 19 years old, though, Hick. 19 wow. years we had her. Like, we think she's probably born about now. In 2005, that's a lot of years, a lot of Good mileage run. in that in that run. Yeah, so as, even for an indoor cat, that is, uh, that's a lot longer rope mm. than you uh, normally get. All right. Um, Can I have the uh, bloody pulpit for one second? Yeah. This is why, and just, uh, uh, I love Pete Alonzo, man. And, and, and it just Pete anno- Alonzo is the first baseman for the Mets. Yeah, and it just annoys me that they haven't signed him yet okay. and that they seem to be kicking around ideas and that Scott Boris is now his agent and they need Pete Alonzo who played, grew up in Tampa, but he has, and Murph could address this as well. Certain guys handle New York better than others. I've watched it my whole life, 50 years of being a Met fan. He seems to handle it's, it good, right? He loves yeah. it. And so, and he knows how to play the game. So last night he went to the Rangers game. Okay. So he's in the garden and you know, chugging what? beers, chugging beers Atta with boy. his wife. He's got a, Sports coat on, but underneath the sports coat, he's got a T-shirt that says New York or nowhere. Nice. And I mean, that's the kind of don't that, let it be the Yankees. That's Mets. what endears you to New York people, and and so uh, you know, and I've watched, I've watched Kevin McReynolds. He he was an Arkansas guy. He didn't like uh, Jason Bay. Some guys just don't respond. Murph was able to respond. Bright lights, big city. It's different there, and anyone will tell you that. There are different challenges to play. Some guys don't want to play. DeGrom really did not like playing in New York, quite frankly. I think he loved the, the situation, but overall, he's more of a, you know, he's from Stetson, man. He lives in DeLand. He's got a, I mean, that's, that's who he is. I get that. But if you got a guy that likes it and embraces it and is really good at his craft, why would you ever let that guy leave? They did it with Murphy, and if they do it with Alonzo, I'm going to be ticked. I yeah, just wanted to say that. I got a now we can move on. Well, no, I, I have, I'm glad you brought up baseball because it allows me just to slide Hot stove. In. Hot stove talk. Well, <laughs> if, if you every two weeks are released as a dark horse, are you still a dark horse? Because I keep seeing my ball club references this dark horse for Shohei. You know, he's intrigued by their competitiveness, and he mm-hmm. wants to go someplace where he can pad his numbers. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, here is, here is a reality for the Braves if it comes to signing a position player. They're going to have to sign two guys on the spot that day. Because the day you pay Shoei Otani $400 million, you need to rip up Ronald Acuna Jr.'s contract and pay him. Yeah. So I, I, that's why I, I think in a, in a bubble, 
with all things being equal, mm-hmm. it'd be fun to get excited about getting a show, hey, the potential of that going along. But because of the reality of what it means you're going to do chemistry-wise, you know, Acuna is the MVP. He was better, a better year as an offensive player than, than Shohei. So I keep seeing that, but I definitely see this. The word inside the Braves, you know, bubble. Mm-hmm. Is that he's going to make? A, he this dude makes a splash every year, and then they went back and you forget. They went back and they looked at all the splashes, mm-hmm. right from Olson to to uh, the, the Murphy last oh, year. Anthony Pupilis, the devil, Un, unexpected. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. up to something. Uh, Acuna, we all know it. So it's either Yamamoto or Shohei. People think it's going to be one of those two high profile, high priced mm-hmm. off season additions because they they had their eye on both Nola and Sonny Gray, who is now signed with the. It's with funny the Cardinals. because in New York, the interesting thing Yamamoto's, is Mets v Yankees for Yamamoto. Yeah, correct. It's like a bidding war. That's like. I, I think in in. in and I'm not saying that, and the Braves may not get either one of those, but if they don't, Dan, and what they won't do is go get Snell. They're not paying a dude a 31-year-old seven years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's what they wanted about Gray. You could have got him for four. Yeah. If they're going to go seven, it's going to be a 26-year-old, 27-year-old, or, or a player that is just... Well, uh, I heard they entered the trade talk for Dylan Cease. Yes, I so saw that, that too, which is strange because they've already made a deal with the White Sox. It brought that reliever in. Yeah. Seems like, you know, you said bummer. the Soroka. Bummer. Yeah, what a bummer. Well, you have to trade some... You'd have to trade like, oh, yeah. honestly, you have to trade like Albies to Correct. get Cease. I yeah. mean, you got to yeah, trade yeah. somebody. And, of- and, and, and it wouldn't be Albies, but it would have to be some. It, yeah, it would, here's the deal: if you're Atlanta, do you want to give up Albies or Michael Harris? I mean, those are the two you can't give up: Riley or Acuna. I mean, Dylan Cease had a 2.20 ERA two years ago. Last year, he wobbled up and down. A bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, so, they kicked around. But him he's a young guy. You got deadline. control of him. He's a he's a big. Prize, yeah, and you're gonna have to give up. So I think you're gonna. I could be wrong, but that that would be my read. I'm trying to it, get a guy th- like th- that. This, you know, this show. Hey, do the Braves first popped up a couple three weeks ago, and now it's kind of regenerating again on podcasts and insiders and some of these guys that covered are saying they're hearing Braves as a dark horse. Of course, you heard Shohei's ultimatum. Anyone yeah, no, leaks no. where he talks or where he's going or what he's doing, they're out. So yeah. uh, I would expect the Shohei to just one day we're gonna wake up and go, wow, Shohei just signed. Ten years, a billion dollars with the Blue Jays. You know, it could be could be could be anyone at this point. So. I watched the. He's tired of losing though, and I appreciate that. Whoever gets him, you have to appreciate that about him too. Shohei's not going to run off. Yeah. I think to the yeah, highest yeah, yeah. bidder. Yeah, which could be any team. He's going to go somewhere he thinks he can win. I watched the um, Durant. And by the way, sometimes you go somewhere where you think you can win, and we all laugh at you, and then you win. Like Degrom going to Texas, even though he didn't contribute, they won the World Championship. And he said, "I want to go somewhere where I can think we can win a World Championship," and he was right. Yeah. Um, I watch, I love watching and people do this now with their phones, like sports moments where you record the fan in the Alabama Auburn game. Mm -hmm. There was a convalation of Alabama fan. Mm -hmm. My heart still breaks for you. Auburn people. That was rough. I still, I just, I I feel so bad. That was rough. My sister works up there. Yeah, I I got, I got friends that we love to jab each other all the time that I really felt sorry for when it happened. Yeah. They, they, they've won the game anyway to watch the Alabama fan (laughs) reaction. Oh, is priceless of them running around their house screaming. And then they had this one dude. They recorded a lot of him during the game, and he's just, you know, running up there. Come on now. Alabama, Jim Jammer, flip flatter, roll tide. I mean, it's great. I, stuff. I, I do enjoy that. I love that with the World Series when the Braves won. Yeah. When it's your team, it's yeah, even, even more. Yeah, when it's your team. And if you win unexpectedly, the yeah. reaction, because yeah. it's one after another of looking like ready to go surrender Cobra, like, what? And then the reaction yeah, of it, catching the throwing and catching that football was as an all timer um, was impressive. So anyway, that that was fun. Uh, I guess we'll get the the polls tonight. We'll see how it goes. It, it really doesn't matter. What matters is next week and Sunday when they announce who's going where, and it's going to be fascinating. Of course, 
uh, tax layer. Maybe maybe the Vols come down here. That'd be a good game. Are they say involved maybe North Carolina, NC State, NC State. Either way, a good game. Clemson maybe. How about Tennessee? Clemson have they played recently? Um, I don't think so. Well, or maybe they did. I don't. Not, well, the Bulls, you, get the, the, you get Tennessee. You got you the got Bulls fans. used to be so fun, Dan. I know. It's There's only eight or twelve of them. They I meant know. something. You, you you got to see these matchups back in the day. You didn't see all these interconference, yeah. interregional matchups that you do now. And yeah, just not the same, is it? Oh. All right, I have a a, a, a Jaguars, oh. a reality. We're 11 games in now. Mm-hmm. And while so much of the onus on us being a championship team seems to get put on by us and by fans, Trevor's continued development, the offensive line play better, ETN's workload, uh, the pass game, you know, Ridley as a franchise receiver. Yet the reality now 11 games in is it might be the other side of the ball that defines whether or not the Jaguars are a championship-level team this year. And, boy, I looked at some numbers now way past halfway through the season, mm-hmm. and they're impressive. So we'll look at that. We'll also get hectic. Yes. Could be a good week to get hectic. Better do that. You know, we're back in good graces, I would think, in the hectic department. So uh, that's coming up as well on a Catlin Truck Accessories Tuesday here. Uh, 6 4 one 10, 10 right now. Come kind, come courteous, come correct. E, tell them what they're going to win in uh, the prize pack. $25 gift card to Small Cakes. Swing yeah. by this weekend, Saturday, yeah. December 2nd, so your little one can meet Cinderella meet as they enjoy their sweet treat, treats. Plus, get entered to win a $500 Enter. gift certificate to Preach Beard's it. Diamond. Yeah. Winner selected this Friday. Holla at your boy. Mm. All right, we're back here on a Catlin Truck Accessories Tuesday. The projections are starting to roll in. I saw yesterday ESPN projected uh, the AFC and NFC playoff fields. Uh, it gives the Jaguars a 98% chance of, uh, of of making the playoffs, 92 winning the division. But making, barring, barring catastrophe, they, they're going to be in the playoffs. Making the Super Bowl, 9%. I, I think it's kind of strange that the Dolphins, they put a 23%. I, I don't think the, I think the Jags would beat the Dolphins. The I do Dol- too. The Dolphins have not performed against good teams. I, I think the Jags deserve a spot a little higher than them because the Jags during this little stretch, 7 out of 8, you know, they're, they're, the teams they played are 47 and 42. There aren't a lot of great teams in the NFL. I think it counts more if you're beating five and four teams, six and three teams. I think it counts a little bit more uh, this year, uh, quite frankly. The seeding chances, uh, the Jags most likely to be the three seed, according to most of these projections, at uh, 26%. Uh, either the three or the four, pretty much. Oh, no, they got the one seed, 15%. The two seed, 20%. So uh, uh, still a lot um, to play for, for sure. I, I was reading this <laughs> this column by Bill Barnwell, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't get a, a, a thousand levels into analytics, but we're starting to use them enough. And I think some cases they can tell a truer story. For instance, Dan, don't you think the Jaguars' defense has been better than wherever you would find them in the standard defensive categories like yards per game or points per game? Yes. Right? Then I don't know what they are, but I think they're like maybe 20th in yards per game even. You know, they give up some junk yards mm-hmm. late and... But I, in reading Barnwell's synopsis of the Jags' chances of being... You know, um, a top seed. First, the Dailies double take. Okay. Brought to you by the Dailies Dash. And that's the sentence that I told you earlier. In breaking down the win over the, the Texans, Barnwell pointed this out, right? Jags didn't stop Stroud altogether. They sacked him twice in the final drive, though. Knocked him down seven times. Pressured him 21 of 46 dropbacks. Stroud produced 258 yards on his 25 blissful pressure-free dropbacks, but the 21 pressured looks netted only 46 yards. And then this sentence, you ready? Mm-hmm. The pass rush won the game. Now, look. You know, there's a yin and yang here, though. Young quarterback, 
he was holding the ball way too long. There are moments where he's got to take the shorter throws and, and move the ball. He's a guy who looks for the big play strikes, and he has confidence in his ability to escape the pocket. But quite frankly, his inability to escape Josh Allen cost the Texans a chance of tying the for game sure. in the end. But And that's but not that's a take away from Josh yeah. Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen deserves a ton of credit because, man, I'm going to tell you something. And that's what pressure that, those is. Those guys by the had way. to play over and over and over. You had to talk about getting tired, man. Ooh. Well, I mean, look, we could say the same thing about Trevor Lawrence against San Francisco. Right. You know, the pressure matters. Yeah, right. he, he, right. he didn't right. get out of it. He didn't do the right things, right? But here is where it gets interesting to me. A DVOA has become a pretty standard main mainline analytic, and it's just defensive value over average. Mm-hmm. In other words, how does your defense stand versus the average defense in the NFL in 2023? Last year, for instance, Jacksonville was 23rd in defensive DVOA. DVOA. D- defensive value over average, okay? Like war. This what is year, it good for? This year, they were 6th oh. before the Texans game, oh. and, and they held them to 21. And then he points this out. After allowing that 37-burger to the Texans back in week three, the Jags defense has allowed 20 or fewer in six of the eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but they've won seven of their past eight games. The Jags, during the 7-1 stretch, have a combined record, their opponents of 47-42. and 42. So the bottom line is, don't sleep on a Jaguars team that is putting together both analytics and results that would that would lend to them being a true a true uh, threat. If the defense, if the pass rush can do what it did on that final drive, that might be more important than Trevor Lawrence's development or the offensive line's improvement. A lot of good stuff happening with the Jags right now. And again, we'll see. I mean, we're in position. We're, yeah, we're going to sure. be one of those teams that has a chance. Like I said, I think they're only going to lose one more game. Well, I hope you're right because and, that, that, that would make them the top seed. And we'll, and and if that happens, that would be. Are you going to tell me who that game is going to be no, to, or yeah, know. just in general? I mean, I think it's important if they lose one more game that it's not Baltimore. For, well, then they w- <laughs> then they probably won't be the top seed. So, so yeah, because I think if if they lose one more and it's Baltimore, then Baltimore is going to be uh, two games ahead. Well, of and not only that, but any kind of round robin tiebreaker, uh, the Jags would have lost to Baltimore and Kansas City, so that would hurt them. Right. You know, so there's a, they they need to finish ahead of those. Those squads for sure. That's the Dailies Double Take brought to you by the Dailies Dash. Hey, driving around this cold morning, scop and get some of that always fresh, uh, you know, always fresh, locally sourced coffee ground today. It's uh, deliciousness waiting for you. Also, two biscuits, uh, two for, I believe, $7 now a day. So, piled high in deliciousness. That's what you get with the Dailies Dash. Cup of Joe. You want to get hectic? I am ready to get hectic. I'm hoping for an uptick this week. Today's Power Poll is brought to you by Royal Pest Services Jacksonville. All right, one week ago, the Jaguars were nine. Yeah, we're definitely up. Um, uh, E, since I've been winning the last few weeks, I'll let you go first. Man, we got to – they held us at nine for two weeks in a row, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, we definitely jumped at least – I'm going to go seven. All right. Um. Come on. Uh, I can't go seven. Uh, I wish they, if they really paid attention to us and looked at our, you know, strength of victory and all these things, we'd be fifth. I don't trust them, but I'm going to go six. I, like I think they're actually. I think. I think he nailed it because they continue to love the Cowboys more than us and right. some other teams. Number one, Philadelphia. Number two, San Francisco. Those are the top. They two love teams those Niners in the NFL, and they should. Yeah, they're eight and three. Really Man, well, teams. now they're eight and three, and now the, the other teams. Don't that they were... play each, this week? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. 
The Eagles are on some kind of stretch, man. I know. Yeah, they are. They went right. Dallas, I, I, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas at Seattle. That's they're in the middle of that three, you know. Uh, number three, the Ravens. By the way, that's fair. I don't know all the. I know they're playing well. So much Lamar love. They're for 180 yards. No, he's not other. playing great. I don't I think he definitely shouldn't be the MVP. To, I, I don't get that. I was talking to uh, investigative reporter Ben Becker. Is a huge Baltimore. He's Baltimore guy. Yeah. And he's like, I'm like, and he loves Lamar, but he's like this year, and and he's right because I watched a little bit on Sunday night. Lamar, they have running plays for Lamar, but he'll go seven yards and he'll drop. Yeah. Like, I'm not getting hit. Yeah. I've noticed <laughs> that too. But you know what? what? When you get to the playoffs, he won't. Yeah. Save yourself. Get him ready. The Ravens play, right. always play good defense. I think that – I think the Ravens are the biggest challenge in the AFC to the Jags. Huh. Like, if we're going to go to the Super Bowl, if maybe can work out, I think the Ravens will go to the Super Bowl. I think they would beat – especially if they have home field, I think they'll beat the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs are four. Um, now, see, we get some of down these. Down the spot. See, like, like some of these these teams they love so much, at some point they're going to start dropping. Like, say, Detroit. I'm hoping we we jump Detroit. Number five? Jump Miami. Up a spot? Dallas. Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so six. I got a chance here at six. Number six. With an eight and three record. Move it up. Okay. The Miami Dolphins. Yeah. We're better than Miami. I don't understand that. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was Eddie? Yeah, you'll be seven. <laughs> Number seven. Yeah. Out of my graciousness of allowing you to pick. With a record of eight and three. Detroit Lions. Down three spots. The Detroit Lions. Uh-huh. Do your little <laughs> dance for me in there, my man. I see you in there. Yeah. Dang. Check him out on Fire Stick. He's in there dancing. <laughs> Number a too eight. too early. You're like, you're like a Diggs doing the Fly yeah, Eagles Fly. Way too early. Yeah, way too early. With a record of eight and three. This will be us. The Jacksonville Jaguars. One right. spot. Yeah, One spot. That's all right. They don't. They don't. They don't. I'll tell you what else is impressive that doesn't get much run nationally. You know, when people talk about the Jags schedule, I haven't really beaten it. I heard ESPN made me sick watching those jokers the other day. I mean, they act like they never heard of us. We're five and zero on the road, man. Eight straight road wins, franchise record. Five and zero on the road. No other team in the NFL has done that. That we're yeah. the only undefeated uh, road team in the NFL. Yep. Maybe we don't want to be the one seed. Maybe the two seed would uh, suit us. Steelers are nine. Bills are ten. Bottom of the barrel, just so you know. That Steelers stat that they hadn't had 400 yards in forever and get it the first game. That, you know what? I don't give Tomlin credit at all. You should have fired that guy a year ago. The, the craziest thing about the Steelers is that they had been outgained in every game until Sunday. Yeah. Carolina is the worst team in the league. They fired yes, their they coach. Are. Yeah. And I, you know what else? I love, I love how they start, sort of like justify the firing yesterday. After no, he's first, been there one year. Uh, not Come even on. a year. This is he malarkey. got less games than Urban. Yeah, this is malarkey. You got no, no. chance. You got yeah. a terrible had team, no a young quarterback you're having to play. You had no chance. Uh, New England's 31st and Arizona's 30th. Those are your bottom bottom feeders in the National Football League. Hey, uh, news happening, it looks like, out of Georgia you know, they talked about Dan Mullen to Syracuse, and Syracuse must have got wise because the big issue at Syracuse, they said, was we got to recruit better. We got to recruit better. If you got to recruit better, are you going to go hire Dan Mullen? He doesn't recruit. No, you're not going to hire Dan Mullen. You know you're going to hire? Who's the best recruiter on that Georgia football team? They went and got him. Fran Brown. And he, and he recruits the Northeast, uh, which is, last check is where Syracuse is located. I mean, that seems like a perfect hire yeah. to me. I, I was so they went and hired, they're, they're, or they're going to hire Fran Brown. Looks like, looks like it's happening. 
again, sometimes we jump the gun, but it looks like Fran Brown will leave Georgia and go to Syracuse. And uh, that's a, you know, again, Kirby's Kirby. And Who are the best coaches in college football right now? Kirby and Nick. Let's, I got to go deeper, though. Give me, give me six or seven. Uh, Harbaugh deserves it, right? Yeah. Ryan today, they're down on him because he's lost to the rival, yeah. but he's been been yeah. very. I mean, every year they're in it till the end. I, I mean, like see, I like guys like uh, I like Whittingham. I think Whittingham's a real good coach. Okay, that's a good one. He fits my thing. Uh, um, what what about is Kiffin is, would be up there right now? Okay, and what about Dan Lanning? Isn't he? Yeah, very impressive at Oregon. Very impressive. I mean, he is. He's so is Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Okay, quite all right. Okay, okay, we can stop there. Really you know what we years. have there? It just feels like. Identifying that great assistant. Kirby mm-hmm. came that way. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day came that way. Mm-hmm. Whittingham came that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lanning came that way. And DeBoer came that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and Ken, you can try. We tried with Muschamp. I, you know, I'm trying to think what is the best way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I, it, who is the last successful veteran coach to go to a team and make them great? Is it Urban? Yeah, Urban it White. is. He's the only one. My point being, going and getting Brian Kelly or Chip Kelly well, or Saban. Saban was in the NFL, Dan. He was then he went LSU uh, to uh, Alabama. Uh, uh, you said great. To, no, yeah. no, no. He went LSU, to Miami Dolphins, Alabama. Oh, yeah, but still, I'm just okay. Saying, well, that's he fair. But, but still, yeah. he came for. They got him from the NFL. They didn't get him from LSU. Yeah. I'm just. I don't know. There is no right answer. Yeah. By the way, every there is it because you say, well, Dan Lanning, Dan Lanning, Dan yeah, Lanning. Next year he may be terrible. Well, every, I get it. Every every uh, Taggart disaster, crystal ball to be determined, but not great. Yeah, those are the Oregon coaches who left Oregon to come back east and I got haven't done well. I have a, a joke for you. A joke? Yeah, you love a joke. Is it Joke Tuesday? I got just a little joke. I, it's not mine. Okay. I it made me chuckle. Okay. The text line sends in a lot of bombs. I'm not going to lie. Y'all keep going. I appreciate your attempts at sense of humor. Sometimes they make me chuckle. Sometimes they don't. I'm never going to say shut your mouth. That's not funny. <laughs> a little jokey joke. I like this little jokey joke. This was good. I didn't expect it. Okay. It didn't lead to where I was saying. All right, I'm ready. And I'm assuming my my man here just made it up. I don't look like one you find in a joke book. Right. You ready? Uh huh. Coach Prime, Jimbo, and Willie Taggart walk into a bar. Okay. To watch FSU play a bowl game. <laughs> I like that. All right. That's creative. Oh, that hey, right? funny. He came. I think that's local generated creativity and humor. I'm going to fire back. Well, With a joke. Okay. All right. Wait, 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 I can't no, tell a joke. You said fire back. I thought you were going to fire at that joke. Oh, that was a good okay. joke. Okay. Good joke. Gets extra credit because I feel like he made the joke up. The top is it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Hugh Free says, God, I need your guidance here. Fourth and thirty-one, and a stop wins the game. What should I do? God says, "Just rush two. Freeze says, "Okay, done." Bama completes a pass, and wins the game. Freeze. God, that didn't work out very well. Why? <laughs> why did you tell me just to rush two? God, I don't know, but I'll check. Hey, Bear, why don't we tell him to rush two? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good too. Huh? Yeah, I see. He's turning to Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? But Alabama guy, he'd tell him the wrong thing. Oh, I see what happened. Is that that? Yeah. E, I didn't get any laugh uh-huh. from you. I, I, I was in here chuckling. Okay. Yeah. Right. Is it too early to get excited about Monday Night Football? <laughs> Monday Night Football! But this this radio station, by the way, is going to about explode next Monday. It'll start oh. 6 a.m. when we get going. It'll be Jaguar-themed programming throughout the day. They've called in, well, quite frankly, Dan, they've called in the big guns. Yeah. We'll be back in our comfy zone of the Jaguars pregame show, man. <laughs> 
fascinating run that we the had in that position. One year, one yeah. and done. Is that what we were? It feels like fired. It was, feels like it was two or three. You sure we only did one? Did we do? Two? I think we may have done more than one. But uh, either way, finally we said it's just you know it's too much heavy lifting. We're here every morning during the week. We need that one day that we you know have to get up. Is at that six. what it was? I thought we got fired. Well, again, it's semantics, my friend. Is it? But uh, you, uh, Ian, and I will be a part of the, the tailgate show. Bottom line is all the normal programming, a tailgate show, the game broadcast, all the way through the fifth quarter, which will probably end about when I'm getting up to come back in on Monday morning. So mm. it's going to be a big day. Be sure to, uh, to to join in the fun. I think it's just going to be a celebration of Jaguars football. Tuesday uh, should be an off day in Jacksonville. I think it might be. I mean, to a certain degree. Uh, by the way, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get you caught up. But they're they're recommending wearing the all black, aren't they, for the fans? And, and bringing your uh, you know bringing your, your 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 phone flashlight. I mean, we're gonna party here and show the country what we got. Doug Peterson met the media yesterday. Says heck Lady. yeah. He says he says heck yeah. We're excited. I like. I mean, it's uh, it's obviously exciting. Uh, it's great for our organization and franchise for our players to be on you know the the national spotlight on a Monday night and and uh, fortunate to have a home game in front of our fans. And, um, you know, it's always a, it's always an electric moment. Um, you know, it's very exciting uh, to be a part of these games. So uh, there you have it. Monday's a little different. It hits different than Thursday, man. Mm-hmm. I know we had a prime timer at, at, at New Orleans. I know we've technically been a natty TV game back-to-back against Atlanta and Buffalo. But, you know, that's, that's Troy and Joe Buck coming to town. Right, oh, yeah. that, that's Monday Night Football. That, that's Saint Williams Junior. That's Howard Cosell. Bonump, bump, bonump. Yeah, luck and live. I think oh, that we it. are going to beat the stuffing out of the Bengals, Dan. My early, and I'll re- reserve the right to change my mind. This feels like twenty-seven-six to me. Would you be down with that? I've lost my man deep in thought. We'll come back get 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 to the bottom of that when we return. It's a Catlin Truck Accessories Tuesday on the Drew. Oh, we're bitter. It's a Lock and Law High School we're report. Bitter. I know you got. Pull out your phone right now and show me the picture of you and Hutch. <laughs> I know you got a pic. I know you. Jake Warnera, the uh, Ponte Vedra star, has wrapped up his high school year, and in a few weeks he'll break our heart and sign with uh, Go Blue, the Michigan Wolverines, on December 20th. Been a fun year for you as a fan, right? It's always good to, to commit and then just watch the riches roll in, so... You'll just be in charge of keeping that 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 progress going, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So we were at the OSU game last or this Saturday, and it was awesome experience. Oh, yeah. God, must have been so much fun. Yeah. Everyone was there. You know, right? We're sitting right on the fifty. Uh, you know, got to rush the field after the game with the how fans. About, how about two as a lineman? Uh, Michigan gets the ball with about eight minutes to go, and runs it right down their throat, kills seven <laughs> minutes. I mean, that had to be just like yeah, you had to be like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> that was awesome to see. <laughs> Love to see that. Now, are the Michigan psycho fans psycho uh, recruiting savvy enough to like recognize you there as a recruit? Uh, not really. Okay, I mean, you got to stay a, undercover. It's probably more fun that way. Uh, yeah. I mean, you get you get a little name tag. Okay, for to go on the sidelines. So yeah. some people will recognize you, but yeah, it's more of like the. High, rush the field. Tell hey, me the, Hasn't even played a game. He's rushing the field. <laughs> okay. Tell me the, uh, the the travel to get to Ann Arbor from here. How do you do it each week? When All you right. Go to so, <laughs> so this time we drove up. So we Oof. stopped. Oh! Yep. What's that, 20 hours? 16. Was it yeah. you and your dad? No, my mom and my sisters. My dad was in New York. Okay. He was at the Rutgers game. He flew over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he flew over. He was there. Yeah, he Good. Over. So 
Um, okay, so if you don't drive, how would you how would you get there? Like, if you don't fly, I mean, if you you know if you fly, how oh yeah, so either Jacksonville and you probably got to take a connection uh-huh. to Detroit, Detroit, right? Yeah. How yeah. far does is... Ann Arbor have an airport? Well, Detroit's thirty minutes. Yeah, it's oh, right okay. there. So All right, All you right. just go over there, All and right. then um, or you can go down to Orlando and take a nonstop. But um, we usually fly like American, mm-hmm. so they don't have like straight Jacksonville. But we don't have enough nonstop. Right, it'll be nicer nonstop, when right. if and when we get to a point that you can do that. <laughs> so oh, we got Jake Cornair in here. He's uh, he was had a great year, and let's talk about your high school team for a second. Great run, had to be exciting, good stuff. Uh, Ponte Vedra High School, and uh, I think you got, I think. You did better than maybe you expected. Is that fair to say? Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, last year we didn't do. We were kind of middling team. Yeah. Five and five, four and six, something around there. Yeah. Um. You know, this year I was really surprised with how all of our you know younger kids played coming in and you know starting their first year on varsity. They re- uh, a bunch of kids really stepped up. I mean, mm-hmm. Brian Brian Case did amazing this year yeah. at running back, and because well, he ran behind your big butt. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, both our tackles, offensive tackles, you know, came in as sophomores and played very well. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. What are we? Uh, uh, what are we weighing these days, Jake? Uh, Two eighty-five. All right, you look good. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I know, um, when I get there, they're gonna. Are you going early? Or are you going? Yes, sir. You're done. You're out of here in January. Uh, December twentieth. Wow. Yep. Will you be with? Are you allowed to be? Will you be with the team in their? The playoff Bowl four game. and all that? Yep, so... Oh, that's cool. They're, oh, wow. they're supposed to be projected to play in the Rose Bowl, so I'll be able to go out there and experience that. What about the prom? Yeah, I'll be back for that. You're right. coming back for the prom? Yep. Hi, oh, boy, Jake. I'll be back for the best both of worlds. both worlds, <laughs> baby. That's yep. fantastic. Just, you know, go up and load up with about six credit hours this spring, and it'll be perfect <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, it just helps, you know, transition into sure. the fall camp. I bet. Do yeah. you want? Are you okay with redshirting there? Or yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, is that the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. They beef them up up there. Hey, yeah. They feed them meat for a year. And because that we go. dude, who's the dude who got hurt? The offensive uh, lineman. Oh yeah, uh, Zach Zinner. Yeah, he's our best offense, right? Yeah, him and Keegan are the two best. Okay, and 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 he had a not a, that was a bad injury, right? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, so he it uh, just hits different when you go to play offensive line in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, you know what yep. I mean? It's like it's like a like, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it's dude. like it's like one of your skill position players you're running off to play for yep. Florida or Georgia mm-hmm. or, or FSU. It's just, I mean, I, it's a different level. So I guess is is your do you know is your how how big is the O line class? How many like you are coming in so on the O line? We have five. Um, do you know have, all these we cats have pretty well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have zero at four. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's true. Yeah, we'll get a three star before it's over. Don't so, you worry. So we got. We'll find some 220-pounder yeah, or put him at center. Two kids that are going to be tackles. Uh, Andrew Sprague, he's 6'8", uh-huh. and Ben Roebuck, 6'7". Uh-huh. And then Blake Frazier and Luke Hamilton are going to probably be guards yeah. uh-huh. and swing tackles. So Blake's like 6'5". And, and you guys half. sit and dream about being the five in three years yeah. that are going to the – I mean, that's kind of the plan, right? Yeah, that's, that's where you yeah, hope top – are, are these kids all like four and five stars as well? Um, so, yeah, Sprague, Blake, Luke and are all four stars. And okay. I mean, Ben are – Pulling up the rear. Yeah. yeah. What? Um, you're terrible. Did you see uh, Did you see Harbaugh while you were up there? Were you, um, or are you allowed to see him? Like, how did that work? Yeah, so I saw him at practice on Thursday. On Your practice or Ohio State's practice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That's I'm not kidding nice. I, I know. I'm only kidding. <laughs> uh, so I saw him on Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving because uh-huh. uh, they had a morning practice. So we, we kind of drove over there and experienced that. Do that. you think, and this is a kind of an unfair question, but this is the real world too, right? Do you think he'll be there next year? I do. Either uh-huh. if even if he leaves, yeah, uh, 
Coach Coach Moore looks yeah, pretty good. I know. Looks pretty good. Yeah. I, I got a stat yeah. for you, Coach Moore. They said he has two wins now against top ten opponents, which is one less than James Franklin has his whole career. I mean, he's been I mean, that's, that's something. Now, granted, he's got a nice job? roster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, good. Well, uh, uh, yeah. by the way, Delta does go nonstop Jacksonville to yeah, Detroit. Delta's so, the only. So there you go. The only so the, I mean, I, I'm just curious because who was your who was the guy who recruited you the most? Coach Coach Moore. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so that's perfect for you. Yeah, yes, you sir. feel it there. What is his what What position coach is he? Offensive line. Uh, offensive, yeah. Oh, so he is the O line coach. Yep. And the, yeah, was he is a he a former line? He doesn't look like a lineman. What was he played guard at Oklahoma? Okay. Wow. They per, had a terrific job. Per I mean, the text line, real quick. Yeah. I googled Jake after he said two eighty five. How did the Gators let him get away? Oh come on, man! How <laughs> did the Gators get anybody? Is the better question. No, they're getting good guys. They're doing okay. Surprising that they uh, got rid of their D line and DB coach. Yeah. Especially yeah. before early signing period. Well, listen. And here's the thing right now. When you, when you don't win, everything you do is under scrutiny. They're screaming. Everybody's screaming for changes, changes, changes. So he starts making changes. Well, why is this guy going and not this guy? Yeah. Why, you know, so it, you can't win. I get it. But there's going to be more. There's going to be a lot. And then the portal is another thing that's available to you guys. How, do you try to put that out of your mind? Because, I mean, obviously, you're in, a, you're in a great spot right now. You're... You know, you've thought this out. You did it the right way. You found Michigan. You love Michigan. You want to be a Michigan man. Uh, uh, and yet, if unforeseen circumstances, something happens, it doesn't work, now you're allowed to leave if you want. But do you try not to even think about that? Yeah, so when I was picking uh, my school, you know, the portal never comes in the line. I want to be right. – I want to pick somewhere where I want to be for yeah. my whole career. Yeah, 100%. What about you're not going to be able to throw the shot in the discus for PV this, this, yeah, this little, spring? I'm a little disappointed. Is the track coach angry with you? Yeah, he is a little <laughs> bit. But, um, no, nah, I think that going early will help me get ahead of, yeah. you know, all the other kids in the 24 class. And, yeah. You know, it'll help me develop, you know, faster and be ready for when my time comes. What did you, like, ultimately when you were making your decision, and we, we've followed you, obviously, throughout, and congrats again. We're proud of you. But what was it? ultimately that sold you on Michigan what was the one thing if I said what one thing made you say you know because your pops is Rutgers guy and so you know you I'm sure you were swayed a little bit by that you had the pull of Florida they wanted you you pulled by that what was ultimately the one thing that made you say I'm willing to go to Michigan here uh development so Michigan the development was the biggest thing for me Mm -hmm. and also I had really good relationships with the other commits Mm -hmm. um but just Coach Herbert in the strength and conditioning program there was way above anything else I've seen okay. at any college level. Because ultimately, you'd like to play in the NFL like any kid who's going to a big-time yes, school. Sir. That's the dream. And whether it works out or not, obviously, that's, again, getting to this point is incredible. Getting to that point is even more incredible. Yep. But that's what you're thinking about. Yeah, that I want to just put myself in the best spot possible yeah, to do that. that's fair. Coach, tell, me yeah. about, tell me about Michigan-Ohio State. Tell me about the atmosphere. Tell me about being there and what it was – what it was like uh, it was it was crazy i mean um you know it's the the biggest game probably of the decade mm-hmm. i would say with this much on the line yeah it was both just, undefeated yeah yep i'm gonna say this and i i'm not saying this is a shot and it, because there's there's nothing it's the it's the best rivalry in college sports right now in my opinion better than the iron bowl whatever it has I, been the last alabama can, georgia right there probably yeah, with them. yeah but, but they, they don't, don't play, play every year right, and then decide the division but i feel like too like you you've been to games at the swamp big games at the swamp it's just a little more electric at the Swamp than it is in Ann Arbor. Admit it. You know it is. It gets quiet. It, like, I was watching the game it's on It's cold Saturday. up there, bro. Yeah, You're I know, going, but I mean, and it, no, Michigan, I hear you. The stadium is 
Tell yeah, people it's mid- down in the hole. It's a bowl. So yeah. It's not like straight. <laughs> yeah. It's not like straight up and down. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's spread out. It's spread wide, but yeah. it's, it's still a fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Well, the swamp is true. A lot of these southern states, you're built straight up. It right yeah. on you, you feel like. Yeah. You know? yeah. So and I just thought. Yeah. Holds like 110, right? How many people does it hold? Yeah, 110. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's the every, big house. Yeah. Every every seat was taken. Did you did you run by Urban Meyer and yell at him? <laughs> did you do any taunting with that? <laughs> no, he was kind of down near the end zone. So oh, yeah. he was Stayed on the other side? I kind of ran a midfield, got behind Coach Moore while I was doing his interview. And, did you? Yeah. Oh, we got to look. You know, my. He's got it. goes to the phone. The I love kids today. I, I take, because <laughs> just my, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I'll show you. You'll like this. Yeah. So, Brooksy's buddy, uh, 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 Brady Wright, he played uh, football at University Christian. They go to the Ole Miss, oh gosh, one of the Ole Miss games. And <laughs> go to the game? Yeah, the game. Who did? This kid, this kid who's friends oh, with not Brooks. Brooks. No, oh, no. I thought you meant Brooks was. No, what? him and his buddy go to the game. And so Brooks, is, we're watching. This past the, uh, yeah, the Mississippi State? It, it was, no, it won the Egg Bowl. Oh, okay. It was earlier Oxford in the year. It was one. a big game, yeah. And so anyway, go ahead and show me. There he is. I got to see that. That's fantastic. You got to see it. So anyway, same situation, Jake and Pross. Same situation. The kid gets behind. They get behind the coach during the interview, and they jump up and down, and then they're on TV. Already building that rapport with the coach. Oh, he's like a will never play a game back there. He's like he's just just, he's just, he's happy just from Saginaw. He's just <laughs> down from Saginaw. You gotta act like you belong there. That's all. <laughs> That's great. Well, we wish you luck, my man. Um, so you're headed up uh, in December. And then what do you do? You take classes in the spring? Tell me what you're what, what what do we got? Are we registered? So the first week or two when we're doing the bowl games, mm-hmm. I'll just be practicing with the team. That's it. You get to practice too? Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. Practice, get to go on the sideline, you know, kinda mm-hmm. uh, you know, watch the game on the sideline. And then after the bowl games, when school starts, I'll start doing classes and you know, getting getting some classes that I need to take in order to Help myself get into business school. Okay. How difficult do you think it will be? I mean, you've been the man at Pontevedra, right? I mean, the big dog. Played basketball, too, by the way. I'm uh, practicing with the basketball team this year. Are too. you? Yeah. They yeah. got a game tonight against Menendez. They need to win. Keep working on them feet. They lost to, yeah, work on the feet. Lost to, I mean, to, for two weeks. Yeah. You go shuffle off to. Lost to, uh, lost to Paxson. Yeah. I mean, tell Sammy to start shooting more or something. <laughs> I mean, we, need, we better get a W tonight. The Richie boys. But anyway. Uh, 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 how difficult do you think it will be to not play? Like you, you play every year. You've been playing since you were whatever, eight years old. Or uh, how how hard is it? Do you think to be sit there and watch next year? I think that, if that uh, is if that happens, I think that understanding that I probably I'm going to do that makes yeah. it a little bit more uh, not as difficult. But yeah, I think that. But take me to Saturday, <laughs> September twentieth. Here comes Indiana, and we're playing ball or USC. I think you open with next yeah. year. By the way. Uh, uh, and you're ready and <sighs> yeah, I know, yeah. But freshman year is the most difficult year from yeah. what I've heard. And yeah. I think that just the off season training and the, and the training that happens not during Saturday and the stuff that happens not on Saturday is going to be the most difficult. Stuff. If I was recruiting mm-hmm. linemen in the trenches, yeah, they do all the analytics, the cone drill, the size, the weight. I would also, I would also test <laughs> For deep voiceness. You like his voice? Five-star voice. He's got a five-star voice. <laughs> sounds like an all-pro future. Sounds like a 2027, 20, yeah. you know, all, uh, rookie of the 
You don't have all to, rookie team. You don't have to. I mean, that's a he does. Yeah, that boy got a deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you in there. I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, trying to get in on this. You stop okay? it. You were you were the you're class of there, you're the class of 2006, buddy. <laughs> Your time's over. You're a two star. E. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you have to name names, but how much was in during the recruiting process? And we'll wrap up. We got Jake Warner in here. It's a lock of law high school report. Jake's going to Michigan. How much was was there ever any NIL talk at the different schools while you were being recruited? Um, so they're not really. It's kind of just like what everybody gets, you know, kind of like the base. They got there. Uh-huh. Like each school has a collective, so they talk about a little bit of that. But okay. nothing like personalized. Okay. So you get – so you, you're on scholarship, but going you will to have Mich- a certain amount you'll that get you a expect site, to You're going to get some money at Michigan as yes, well. And okay. that goes to all the offensive linemen equally, the whole team goes, equally, so the offense equally? How do they break it down? all the scholarship players equally, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then – you get a car, Each. like Utah. They remember Utah. They gave no, like yeah. eighty-five I mean, cars. These used to be man. silly questions that you know. you'd yeah, have to be careful. It's okay. Yeah, now it's okay. Yeah, I got some bubble gum. <laughs> I got a new car. They gave me a drone. You know, like the bowl games, you get these nice swag Scooters. bags. Yep. Yeah, now it's just every day. So I, the team gets their you know base thing, and then each position group gets something different. Right. I'm sure. Well, That's it awesome. used to be you needed advice. Now you CPA when you go to college. Well, you're the only you're <laughs> the only uh, Michigan man I like. <laughs> and I and I like wow. I rooted for Michigan over Ohio State, but I'm still I'm still a little yeah. hurt and disappointed. Of course you are. You know. Yeah. That's all. Bad choices. Uh, okay. Neath the orange and blue victorious, our yeah. love shall never fail, Jake. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we're yeah. proud of you. Thank you. And you better. Stay, wish you well. We'll keep an eye. Stay on in you touch sure. with us and come see us over the holidays yeah. when you come home. You're always welcome. Oh, you definitely got to pull back. But up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. need to see in the Gator Bowl though. We got bigger. You know. Yeah. Don't come play <laughs> this Michigan game. Comes here. No, That's no, right. No. Yeah. No quarterback. All due respect to the Gator Bowl. Y'all do you. Yeah. So we got who we got next year. We got Tuttle, and then we have Alex Orgy. Okay, yeah. they're good players. Yep, High, highly recruited. Orgy was the guy that. Yeah, yeah, um, I saw heard he his name QB, the other day. QB, uh, they had the yeah, they bring him in to run him. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, the oh, change okay. of pace guy. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, my man. Well, good luck. Yes, sir. It's our buddy Jake Warner. It's a Lock and Law High Score Report. No, before you blow. Thanks to Lee Lockett. We're back with more here on the drill. All right, yeah. uh, we are back. It's what Catlin is Chuck. it good for? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Say it again. Ooh. Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> Molly's like crazy old man. She walks out. Crazy old man, Dad. You'll fit right in. Um, I have today's uh, pest of the day. Yeah. It's brought to you by Mission Pest Solutions. Mission Pest is there for you, gang. Call 904-944-PEST. You're not going to get on hold. You're not going to go through customer service. You're going to speak directly with the owners. Veteran and locally owned and operated. A partner here with us at the drill for many moons to come. I trust Mission Pest for all our pest solutions. You can, too. You want to just do this? Read the Google reviews. You will not find a more customer service-oriented pest control company in the city of Jacksonville. <laughs> Mentioned 1010XL, by the way, 25% off your initial pest or termite uh, protection service. I hate these kinds of – I hate the strong word. I don't like these kinds of owners, man. And it's one thing to always be trying to get the best. It's another to be a meddling, dawdling fool. And the Carolina owner is in way over his head. You know, you let the rotisserie league p- players with all the money – you know, step into the sport, it can just go sideways. We saw it with Daniel Snyder. This guy is Daniel Snyder Jr., David Tepper. 
the richest owner in the league, I believe, which is going to give him now freedom and cause to just stick his nose into every football-related issue. The word in Carolina is they have Bryce Young and not C.J. Stroud because of him. Yeah. And the coach that he just fired after 12 games was in the camp that wanted the other quarterback. 11 games. So I guess what do you expect? A, a pox on today's pest of the day. Mm-hmm. David Tepper, the owner of the, of the Carolina Panthers, happy to have one of my rooting interests in your division, the Atlanta Falcons. You are a bumbling boob. Mm-hmm. And the guys that try and outspin and go get the latest flavor of the year, that never works, does it? Well, the word is in Carolina, to me, my best guess is he's going to go offense because he's got to develop Bryce Young. And so I would say it's either one-time Gator quarterback coach, is it? Brian Johnson, Brian Johnson yeah. in Philly, or Detroit Lions OC Ben Johnson. Okay, but one of the Johnson boys is going to get that Carolina job, and people say, well, "Why would you take that job?" Because well, there's didn't one. Ben of, Johnson, co- did, who am I? Th- he coached the Giants, or no? Who am I thinking no. of? Who was the guy know. who just coached the Giants had the job for two years? Oh gosh, I'm losing my mind. Bill Bar- Bill Parcells. <laughs> That's it. Tom Coughlin. I'll get it. McAdoo. Yeah. Oh, McAdoo. No, yeah, not yeah, McAdoo. Yeah, ben yeah. Johnson is a young yeah. guy. Who's done well with Detroit? And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I think he's, you know, McAdoo was here for a cup of coffee. Was he, he was. not? What's his name? Adam Schnip. Schefter. Yeah. Adam what is it? Schefter. Schefter. Yeah. Schefter. Okay. Like, like Chef Boyardee and then Tur. Oh, he's a gray. He's definitely got jaundice. Anyway, he came out yesterday, and said, "Carnage will be heavy this year, seven to ten, and he would play the over." So I'm going to ask coaches, you, you mean? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to ask you All right. a team and you tell me is he back or not. Yeah, this is this this yeah, uh boy, I could make an argument for more than seven depending on what yeah. your mindset, even as a successful team. Well play along. Uh Sean Dar- Mc- D- Sean McDermott. That's the guy, dude. That's the first one that came to is mind. Is he back or not? I think he's back, but I yeah. bet you next year it's Super Bowl or we're gonna have to go somewhere else. Robert Sala. Is he back? Or I not? think he's back. He too much fell on him. Bill Belichick is he back or not? Nope. I agree with. E. I think it. I think depi- he's going I, somewhere. I, but I, I, don't, I think it, I don't know. I he, think he's gonna... not coaching like a guy who's not going to be back. They're tanking for a quarterback, and mm-hmm. would he do that for a quarterback that won't be his? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to know more internally. I'd say he is back one more year. Okay, I think that I the, could be wrong though. I think the North coaches are all safe. Well, you just oh, you said you just said he didn't think he'd be back. The North coaches. Oh, the, the North. AFC oh, North. yeah, yeah. Um, boom, boom, What boom. about Mike Vrabel? Uh, Vrabel, that's going to be – I think it might depend on how they finish. They may go in another direction. Brandon Staley. He's gone, man. He should have been gone last year, and he's he's the worst coach in the league. Vegas will be looking for a coach. Perhaps. He's only been there a cup of coffee, too, but, you know, that, that those he's Davises. An he's an interim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I for, yeah, yeah. They already R- got rid of me. Ron Rivera. He gone. Okay. Um, what if Mike McCarthy lost in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, what about Eberflus? He <sighs> looks incompetent to me. They are starting to win, though. If that guy wins his way to like 7-10, and 10, I, they may keep him. That offense is maddening. Yeah, it's terrible. God. 242 points. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, more points than the Packers, though. What about the NFC South coaches? Do any of them come back? Um, it might be time Arthur for a change Smith. in Tampa. Arthur Smith. Um, uh, Arthur Smith. That's just safe for another what's our year. What's guy in? Uh, what's a guy in New Denny Orleans? Denny Allen. Denny Allen. 
uh, uh, Tampa, well, yeah, it's, uh, Carolina. Yeah. They all could be gone. Uh, what about? I think Tampa. It's 904. 904. Somewhere. I think Tampa probably. Todd Bowles probably the most dangerous of those four. Yeah. And it might be time for Pete Carroll to hang him up. He may he may retire. That's well, if that right. happens, yeah, yeah, but I don't think they're going to fire. No, him. he's done. No, he's done fine. But there's a lot of coaches who. I wonder if McVay's thinking I should have taken that thirty million a year broadcast was offering or whatever the stupid number was. The answer is yes. And then come back in about five years. He's done a good job with that Rams team. This yes. guy McVay has not gotten enough credit for the coach he is. That dude this came year's in. Done well. He was ten years old when he got the job. He went to the Super Bowl twice and won one. Dan. Yeah, he did. And can you remind me of the other Super Bowls the Rams have won in their history? Hadn't been uh, many. None. Well, Vermeil won one. Late. Oh yeah, they, in '99. They won ours. They, they won, won ours. ours. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you's on the All Pro Roofing Hotline. Let's talk to him. Uh, yeah. Um, before we get into Miami, just a, just a little subtle reminder. You don't roll into a town with your drunk hurricane breath and think you're beating the Atlanta Falcons. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> Perfect segue. To, I can't believe the way you answered that. Dennis Allen should have been fired day one. Well, you, you, but, but the, well, here's the deal. You also if hate, New Orleans wins the division and goes to the playoff, I don't think they're firing He also coach. hates, Joe, you also hates uh, Carr. Hates him. Carr yeah. is the worst player in tackle football. <laughs> wow. This dude throws ball. He gets wide receivers hurt. Mm-hmm. Chris Alave is five okay. yards behind the guy. He yeah, he threw him up. He threw him into a concussion is what he Joe did. Joe U, I'm going to ask you for yeah, one thing and one thing only. I saw that, yeah. Joe U, I'm going to ask you for one. I'm, I've got one request and only one. Uh-oh. I'll never ask you Uh-oh. for another thing, sports-wise. I got you, bro. I got you, bro. I need the Miami Hurricanes basketball team to go into Kentucky tonight. And whoop that Kentucky ass. Miami's got a good team. I know. Yeah, they could. I would think. Are they favored? We're returning. We should be, bro. We should be ranked number one in the current. We have well, a. I need you. Can you just give me a win tonight? Yeah. I don't care what else you do the rest of the year. I hope you lose every game. I just need you to beat nah, Kentucky. We, we got you. Stand Thank you. by your TV sets watching the game. Thank you, Frank. Oh, before I get to my next take, I got to say this. Ooh. You think my whole life has been a lie, bro? <laughs> Who knew? Jeff Prosser is a cat person? Yeah. Bruh. Cat person, yeah. Wow. This particular cat. This particular one. Again, you, you, now you're hitting me right in the sauce, but I'm trying to soldier through here. And, you're, and by the way, if you think that I will be taking said cat to her final uh, destination, that won't be. I'll put that on Mrs. P again. I can't do it, dude. I can't watch a pet die. I didn't do it. That don't, yeah, that don't work that's for me. tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, understand. Like it's a, I, I will say this. There's a bit of an asterisk, uh, uh, Joe. For the last, you know, before the dog died, that little hell, hellion, um, we had these two animals 14 years together. The dog was a lot more cat, and the cat's a lot more dog. As far as their... Yeah, my dog's getting up there. Now. I know you're yeah. 15. He's, no he's fun, though, and it sucks for me. He's not sleeping. He's yeah. nap. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, but he used to have a lot of get up and go. But, yeah, they're part of family. But, yeah, I just didn't realize... The cat it's a good cat. Crazy. I mean, I, again, I prefer dogs. Like, life, lifelong, I'd rather have a dog than a cat. But just because of these last... This cat is so much cooler than that dog, man. It's not even... Anyway. Hey, back back to sports and the living it up and I get deep. Um, I don't know what y'all been watching. But Louisville's gonna beat Florida State by two touchdowns. Florida State's not good. Yeah, not but like then I got Kentucky defense. beating Louisville at home in That's a game that mattered. Game. They hate each other. They start fighting before the game in that game. I think bro. FSU I mean, beats they, Louisville, they, Joe. No, how? They're not good. Well, they I mean, got a good defense, is how. They throw a couple of jump balls down the field. Okay, you can't say they're not good, Joe. They're undefeated. They're twelve and zero. Boston College had 
Listen, Pitt had him. A ref literally threw a flag on a guy on the, uh, on the side. Bro, they, they've been lucky as hell. They, well, I, I, not listen, I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I don't Go disagree ahead. that they're that 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 in their current state without Jordan Travis, they're I, I would agree they're a top ten team, but with Jordan Travis, they're they're they're, they're better than that. I gotta let him go. You. Right, you're making me Thank argue you. for FSU. You. Damn you! Yeah, I can't do that. Uh, that's Let's, just not fair. By the way, did, did did yeah? Stop. Let's get Charlton K. Ganey in. Okay. Did you guys beat the uh, Lanch last night, or did you lose? He's fired up about hockey. Is that what we're doing? Huh? Nice. Did you beat the Lanch? No, we were okay. We were oh. down well, never mind. Yeah. They saying hockey. I knew. Let's do that I kind of figured you lost because the Sabers beat the Rangers, so I thought you would have sent me something. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, no. but you knew the Lanch I, were playing the Lightning. So you lost I think to you, Buffalo. Yeah, it was a bad oh, loss. Wow. Yeah, Buffalo's actually. They're not bad. Good They're not bad. They're yeah. like five hundred. You can't win them all, but, dude. We just beat the Bruins no, this weekend. Can't. I mean, it's a long hockey season's a long. It's a long. It's a grind. Road to tears most of the time. Hey. Excited about hearing that the Vols could be coming back to yeah. Jayville. You're going to be here? To that. A lot of people don't remember Mr. Tendator breaking bread with Holmes and Nance sitting right next to each other at one of the right. Tennessee games. What was that, Iowa year? Is that who you're playing? Yeah, that was the, that was the Iowa year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Hopefully, uh, I can, I can get a seat next to Those were back in the days, Tim. Oh, it's back in the days when I had all those promo tickets, remember? So I loaded you all up in the same spots. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Ten, no, I, ten, ten, I got some breaking news. I got to get in. You hang there for a second. But we have yes, our sir. 25 modern era players, semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024. Going down the line, I'm looking alphabetically, and there he is one more time. Somebody please help Freddie T get to the Hall of Fame. Freddie T is in the class of 25. Congrats to our guy, uh, Fred Taylor, who is in there. Uh, Julius Peppers. As well, Tory Holtzback, Rodney Harrison, James Harrison, uh, Dwight Freeney, Anquan Bolden, a former Seminole, uh, and others in nominated. We'll go over that a little bit later. Continue now, Ted. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, you know, look, we we played Clemson the Orange Bowl last year, beat that A. Mm-hmm. We don't need that rematch. <laughs> That's right. You I'll played win. Clemson last I think it might be NC State right. is my guess, by the way, which would be fun. That would be a good crowd for that. I will say this about Vol Nation. They travel well. Yeah, and here's the thing about NC State, though. We open in Charlotte next year with NC State. Oh, geez. So I, I re- would really like North Carolina to avenge that that raping we took in that bowl game where they called the 10-second runoff on the field yeah, I'm not sure, but then you don't get you, you probably won't get Drake May, so you know what I mean? Anyway, we got to go. We're up against it. Uh, uh, Come on! Thank you. There he goes. It's a Cattle Truck Accessories Tuesday on the drill. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's another hour with Duval's Big Dogs of Sports Media. Dan Hicken. Yes, Jeff Prosser. Blah, blah, freaking blah. And E to the T. E is the GOAT producer. All right, welcome back. Uh, Yeah, again, the 25 semifinalists will be trimmed to 15, plus you get the four from the other Groups like the coach will be Buddy Parker, who will get in. Senior committee recommendations, Randy Gratishar, Steve McMichael, and Art Powell. And then a 50-person selection committee uh, meets in advance of the Super Bowl in Vegas. And then they announce the class. But there are a lot of Typically, good- if you've made the well, – you, you know, he made, he made it to the 25 last year. Yeah. Fred, if you make it there, you typically – you get in that, that upper circle. Remember he got – 
But did he not make the 25? This is the 25 here. He made that. The ultimate 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to make the 15. I don't know if that's what it is. He didn't make the 15. We need to get him in that room. Yeah, he's got to go from 25 to 15 because in the room, room. his story is compelling enough that he will open a lot of eyes. Yeah, it's. uh, And I'm just going to say this, and I love Tony, and we were his biggest mm -hmm. uh, assets. Fred's Hall of Fame resume is better than Tony's was. In some ways, yes. It was. I mean, forget the all-pro. I'm mm-hmm. talking about where you stack up. Beca- mm-hmm. Now, in fairness, it's because Fred plays a position where there's a statistical standard you can measure, and Tony didn't. And I don't mean to denigrate. T- Tony is uh, – Hall of Fame's Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's no level. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If you get there. So, his resume, I think, is strong enough. And you get people in. I mean, he hits numbers that only the greats hit. Yards per carry, 1,000-yard seasons, 100-yard games, all of those things he, he – Shows up quite well. Well, just to give you an idea, these are semifinalists now, and so this is the fifth time Fred has been a semifinalist. Uh, Eric Allen is a four-time. Jared Allen, who's going to get in, by the way. These are all worthy guys, man. Willie Anderson, uh, Tiki Barber, hell no. I would never vote for him, but that's personal. Anquan Bolden, who's had a great career as a three-time semifinalist. Darren Woodson is an eight-time semifinalist. Uh, London Fletcher's two-time. Dwight Freeney is a two-time. Antonio Gates, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? Think, yeah. I mean, think. he's going to get in. Eddie George should not get in ahead of Freddie. No. Uh, no James no. Harrison uh, is new to the party. Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson. Uh, who do you say no to? Robert Mathis. Julius Peppers is new. Uh, this is his first time he's eligible. And that guy, look him up and how many sacks he had. He's top 10, I think, all time. Steve Smith Jr., Fred Heinz Ward is an eight-time semifinalist. Ricky Waters, another running back, right? Fred should get in ahead of him. Uh, Reggie Wayne, five-time semifinalist. Vince Wolfert, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. Really good football players, man. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how you pick five, but that's what you got to do. Um, yeah, and I, I I, think we'll get Fred in. I mean, I think Fred will be, I think, again, once once you get to pass the subjective into the objective, then he's got numbers. You know, right? The offensive line and some of those, it's it's way subjective. They, the O-line is really the only one that doesn't have a more definitive stat. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never done, or at least we don't see it enough, pressure. Like, moving forward, we'll have those for O-linemen because analytics will give you his pass protection percentage and all these different things. But back when Tony played, we didn't have those. It's different for Fred. He's still, like, what is he, 17, 16 all-time in rushing, and no one's passing him. I know. You're going to sit there when the 15 in front of you and the 15 behind you are all in the hall, and you match them when it comes to some of the, like, yard per carry and 1,000-yard seasons and, like I said, 100-yard games. He's, and I don't have the stat in front of me. I've used it. I've, utilized, I've weaponized the stat more than once. He hits all the parameters. He's a no-brainer. He's a mm-hmm. no-brainer. If you're going by Pro Bowls, you just don't understand football. Because you can, it doesn't matter if somebody is great from start to finish, and every year there's three flavors of the year who crop up, and then in three more years they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of those guys: the Priest Holmes, the 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 the, 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 the you know Sean Alexander's, the Jamal Charles's. Uh, there's just the the, 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 the Richardson. Uh, they're a dime a dozen. They'd have great year, and then they're gone. Fred was there all you know all the way through. So. Yep. Uh, good for him. Well, in a in a career full of superlatives, mm-hmm. uh, LeBron hit a basement low last oh. night. You know what happened? E, what happened uh, to your guy? By the way, in the superlatives, he he hit another one. LeBron James now is a the all time minutes leader uh-huh. in NBA history. No one played more minutes, and this guy's still going strong. He's gonna he's gonna lap. Uh, I believe it was Kareem's number that he beat, but. Okay. 
He did this on a night at Philadelphia where the Lakers lost by 44 points to the Sixers. Damn. And with that, it is the worst loss, the most lopsided loss of LeBron James' career. Oh, dear. Young LeBron would have never let that happen. 66,319 <laughs> minutes and still spry. Yeah. I what? will say this. I mean, you want to talk about goat of staying in peak shape, then That's go LeBron. ahead and give him that one. I mean, what, it's unbelievable. Uh, what is the outlook for the Lakers this year? They're doing okay. They're, I think the outlook is optimistic because of LeBron and AD. You think they can win a championship? I don't. I wouldn't put it past a healthy LeBron in, in AD. I know I don't think they will. I think last year they had a healthy LeBron in AD, and the Nuggets smacked them around like yeah, that. They, they swept them. I so, think they got no shot at winning a championship. Well, I, I, okay. I think the I think the ceiling is at best is Western Conference Finals. Hmm. So that Man, was chill out, yeah, bro. Chill yeah. out. You want to bet, E? No. Well, I mean, okay, no. then shut up. <laughs> wow. huh? You want to bet? No. Right. How do the, 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 the Knicks don't got a shot. Neither do you. They don't got a chance. Neither do you. Y'all ain't even going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Chill. Uh, we could. Not even close. Uh, we'll I would be hesitant to count at, through 18 games to we count. Have a, we have a better record than you right now. I know that. Um, I would be hesitant to count out a team. Um, you actually don't have a better record. They're 10-8. and eight, You're 9-7. That's a better record. No, it's not. It Shut is. the F up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me. Um <laughs> I, I would, I mean, no, I can't count out a Lakers team. Now, I do not believe that Davis and, John, and 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 LeBron will be healthy and going full speed because they seem to never be. But they're not the exact same team that they had a year ago. And they added a couple of players. We'll see. Yeah, like that. They've got that Christian Wood. They added. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they they resigned Austin Reeves. I mean, Austin I, Reeves is not as good as he was. He had a career year last year. Well, he actually uh, had a career um, oh, Olympics. Yeah, I watched or whatever it was. I watched him last night, and he. Had the ball on the side and he just fell back out of bounds. Mm. And so it. that one play is yeah, he sold sucks. you. Yeah, he's terrible. It's fourteen a game. So. Sorry, Junior yeah. Bug. Fourteen yeah. and five rebounds. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, your the answer to your question is that that I believe at the top, you know, at the top of the, um, at the top of the the West, you know, I think you're going to have Denver and Phoenix, and so the Lakers, I think, are right there in that group uh, underneath them. But I, you know, the Warriors' days are over. Um, the Thunder uh, are coming. The T Wolves are coming, but I don't trust them against the the Suns or the Nuggets when you get to the end. And this more than concludes our average audience. Yeah, is we interest went, we in the NBA crazy at this point. That was a little uh, six four one ten ten. Another phone line here on the All Pro Roofing uh, phone lines, and let's welcome Glenn to the program. Hello, Glenn. Good morning, Glenn. Glenn, hey, Glenn you there? All right, Glenn, going once. Let's do this. Let's uh, we lost him. Take a break, and we'll come back and uh, get you some New York City headlines. You want to do that? E, you up for that? Yeah, sure. Right, brought to you by Pet Paradise again with the wary eye. We'll see what New York headlines brings. It's nasty. I need some nasty. Oh no, it's Catlin Chuck accessories. Too clean here at nine. All right, we're back here on the Joe Catlin Chuck accessories Tuesday. You know Tuesdays uh, down the road. Always bring a brunch with the tour. What? Is John Rom gone to live? He's definitely gone. He's this? mulling a $600 million offer. Yeah. He, I thought they had reached some sort of, I, think, I give up on I the think, golf. I think, I don't care. care. I don't care either. I don't care they either. lost me. I won't, I'm not watching, I'm not watching L, uh, exhibition golf though. I'd rather watch PGA Tour pros that yeah. I don't know trying to play yeah. for their livelihood yeah. than these 
They don't deserve this money, Dan. They don't. There's not enough interest. That's what bothers me about this live golf. Right. It doesn't deserve that kind of money. They're not that popular. Yeah. They're not that interesting. People as a whole don't watch them. They don't deserve it. Well, two tours won't work. They don't so. deserve it. So it just it, it it annoys me to that end. But yeah, I, I kind of thought that had happened, and now I'm not so sure that it has. And uh, so we'll just see and uh, go from there. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. uh, back home here on the ranch, it's time to. Take a little perusal of oh. New York City headlines. New York City headlines brought to you by Pet Paradise. Don't forget your holiday reservations here. Now up next, the Christmas holiday. And when you're traveling, you'll give the uh, gift of time to play, to snooze and snuggle while you're away uh, to your pets. Comfortable beds, play time with their friends. Suites at Pet Paradise include all the trimmings, and it'll feel like home. And look, we know how much you love your pets. I've been talking today. I've got to put one down today. It's just awful. And with the Pet Paradise app, by the way, you can watch your pet place news and make new friends. Uh, the airport location 24-7, pick up and drop off, making it easy for you. The Pet Paradise uh, app and PetParadise.com will uh, show you more. Make your appointment today. Actual headlines from New York City periodicals. Christmas jeer, skinny Santa, tiny ice rink, watered-down hot cocoa. Parents go scorched earth on Disney's New York City Christmas Village. That's fair. Santa should be fat. Coco mm-hmm. should be thick. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever the other one was. Can fix that one, too. I like Coco. Yeah, Sam and Santa's fat. You can't have skinny Santa. No. Mark Cuban exiting Shark Tank after season 16. I it's just, time. I just never got into that show. Me either. Oh, I got into it early. Yeah. yeah. Taylor Swift flies to Kansas City to visit Travis Kelsey after finishing Brazil Eras tour shows. They still going With, strong. they say, a wax job. Um... It, what is visit? Is, is that what visiting means now? Quote unquote, visiting. <laughs> Woman reveals how she found out X was cheating by reading his text messages seconds before he proposed. Dang. I like the ones where they find out in between the proposal, and they I like I saw one of these like on YouTube or Reddit where the girl at the wedding stands up and reads it before the vows. Like they say, yeah. we oh, want to yeah. read the vows. Hang you. I'd like to quote from the phone that I found of my fiance uh. three nights ago, and then goes into like the uh. like some like salacious, ah. vulgar language. Ooh, my yeah. stomach. Yeah. My right. Stomach. Yeah. My yeah. stomach. Yeah. Makes you cringe. Sultry shoot. Janet Paulina Gretzky stun in mother daughter photo session. I think mother daughter daughter sexy photo sessions are just a little wrong. Mm. I could be wrong. I, a solo fine. I mean, I get it. I'm not trying to be a non red blooded American male, but mother daughter sex together. It's just, it's heads to right. Google. Yeah. Gawk in awe. Response to video of man admiring woman reveals how low standards are for some. <laughs> you basically saying he's checking out an ugly chick? Is that what that says? <laughs> what is wrong with you? You can't do that anymore. Can't do that. Is that not what that just implied? <laughs> I just read him. Okay. Man who suffered headaches for five months learns he had chopsticks stuck in his brain. So I, many questions, bro. <laughs> so many questions. Yeah. Where this, by the way, always comes from some country you can't spell. Like it's not even. A foreign country that you're aware of. It's going to be from some country that you've never heard of. Michigan boy steals forklift from middle school, leads police on chase. Easy, Jake. Yeah, that's when they're up there getting busy last weekend. <laughs> Former tennis star sued for setting up hidden camera to spy on X. Yeah, the technology is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Yeah, I didn't know Harbaugh played tennis either. <laughs> Bride of the Yankees, Bombers pitcher parties with teammates at his Miami wedding. An unforgettable night. Oh, I bet. Who is the pitcher? 
Nestor Cortez. Oh. I just read him. Right, well, yeah, apparently I got you. I finally got him. You did. Nestor Cortez, I mean, gosh, who knows that party? Wiped clean Sports Illustrated scrubs AI-generated content after being called out for using deep fakes. Bro, enough. We, it's time to blow up AI and say this wasn't a good time idea. Time to blow up. It's just not getting I'm started. just saying right. this is dangerous, dude. We, this is it the is. last step of the idiocracy. Period. to become dumb and self, non-self-reliant. And- Jana Kramer stars in Lifetime's first Christmas movie with sex scene. See, again, man. What? Is there nothing holy anymore? Oh, man, chill, chill, Bro, chill. <laughs> you can't have a lifetime Christmas movie. There's plenty of places to find your sex movies there, buddy. It's, it's, plenty some, of, sex. it's some sex going on during Christmas. Plenty of ways to find it. Go find your naughty elves. It's a lifetime movie. Just let them, I don't know, search for a lost diamond ring. Let them look into each other's so eyes hard. and cut to the shot of the morning after. That's fine. <laughs> Just a little bit of no, innocence. Don't cut. Don't cut. By the way, and, and we're done, but uh, this is making all the rounds. This Mickelson and, and Alan Shipnuck feud continues. What are they going at it about It's about, about Rom. Uh-huh. And uh, Shipnuck I, I, swears one thing. Mickelson yeah. calls him every name yeah. in the book. Yeah. They go back and forth. It's, I get it. Yeah. I get how they don't like each other. I'm never on Mickelson's side. Yeah. But don't do respect to Glenn. I, I, Mickelson has lost me through all this. Yeah. He, he And he doesn't care. He cares about the money. He doesn't care what people think about him. He thinks he's holier than thou. Thinks his poop doesn't stink. Thinks he's smarter than you and better than you. And it's hard to like people like that. And I just see it just that. Shipnuck that, said that Mickelson was telling people that Rom was going to the live. And... Basically, Mickelson said, I can't be any more clear. You are lying. I've okay. not spoken John's name or about him. Every person I've been with the last couple of weeks will swear by that name. Your source, you lying POS. Mm-hmm. I won't go into the countless lies in your book. Too many to even start. Now, there's defense on both sides, and ultimately you have to decide. I know that Shipnuck went to Mickelson time and time again and said, look, these are the things that I'm talking about in the book. Do you want to talk about them real quick before we go, you know? And he never responded. It's just, you know, it's just... um it's a back and forth. They hate each other. It is what it is. So I I, I, I get it, and I get it on, on both sides. But, yeah, that continues. That feud could has just been reignited. I, I, I don't, there's no winner in, in no. any of this. I am not taking Phil Mickelson's side in anything. I understand. He's a wretch. He's a selfish, self-absorbed. You want to talk about lying, man? Oh. These dudes who got up and taught, preached growing the game, yeah. stop it. Classic. He got $400 million, bro. You grew your bank account. So yeah. I, I'm not really into your definition of liars. Those were those are some of the greatest press conferences Of all ever. time. They sat there. I'm just curious if Putin ran a golf yeah. league, uh, would you so play? Uh, 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 just uh, give me my $200 million. No uh, questions. I didn't know I had to do this part. Uh, we'll yeah. make the turn for home when we come back. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Mike and Tony getting ready for Jaguars Day. Coming up top of the hour. Good morning, Tone. Good morning. What's cooking on a Super Tuesday? Uh, we're checking the tape with oh. Jeff Hogeman on another victory uh, here for the Jaguars. This time a big one, right? Yeah, like yeah. it had that playoff feel to it on Sunday. The Jags came out on top and, you know, they left points on the field when everything is said and done and uh, still come away with the victory in Houston. 
at least a big portion of their fan base continues to cry. I was yeah. thinking about I was thinking about this too. That I think it's fifty eight points in the last two weeks, and you said they left points out there. If they scored a touchdown yep. down on the goal line, that's sixty five. They missed a field goal, that's sixty eight. They've been humming pretty nice yeah. the last couple of weeks offensively. Talking about it yesterday on the show, you know, whoever was disappointed, and I understand to whatever level you were disappointed in Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. the first half of the sure. season, and you know the. The expectations coming in, MVP candidate, all this stuff, you know, top five quarterback, those things were heaped on him. Well, he's playing like that again in the back half of the season right now. Like back-to-back weeks, Trevor Lawrence could have been. If Calvin Ridley, honestly, if he held on to that ball that hit him in the hands in the end zone, I think Trevor Lawrence has as good an argument as anybody in football to be the offensive player of the week in the NFL for the second week in a row. Right, he had another big game this week. It's that back half of the season, Trev, hey, we'll that we got it. last year, and appears to be in the building again. All right, well, Logs is here. Have a great show. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. All right, E. Now today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over fifty years. Jeffrey, my takeaway, and I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to put his feelings. You know, into play without him saying, but I, I detected just a, a little bit of frustrated defeat in Chris Doring's belief in Billy Napier. All right, just and just the, just, and we've talked to Chris all year long. Just see, and granted, he he kind of prefaced it as a, he's a fan with us, mm-hmm. you know. So it's that, but the confidence, I guess, I've, I sense the loss of confidence a little bit from from him. Fair enough, E. You see here on the drill, not only do we entertain, but we educate you guys. Okay. And y'all educated me on some my free my three favorite Florida Gators all the time: Fred Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, Percy Harvin, mm-hmm. Jacques Green. Okay. This morning I learned that Jacques Green wore the number twelve. Y'all know I'm a numbers guy. Yeah, yeah. I he never knew he, he, he switched, switched to five. He's, I never knew. Yeah, yeah. freshman he, he, he was twelve. Yep. How about that? Yeah. I, I mean, that? no Tebow on the list, so that hurts a little. I'll just say this as we uh, as we say goodbye, uh, Googans. Tomorrow, big day. Tom Coughlin, yeah. J Fun Radiothon. Yeah. So uh, get ready. We need you. We're coming for your wallet tomorrow. And we're and you're coming gonna, hard. And you're gonna happily give it. Yeah. That's how we roll. All right. This is the drill.